this Lcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, well, he had to get that utility belt and may have relapsed into his old self. Welcome, Jacob. Hmm. You got to try new things every once in a while, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who, if he's if if. If he puts command R, Y, star, be like, he might get to lead it himself. Welcome, Drew. This is why you press up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Then, you get, then you get 30 extra guys. This isn't a video game. Or We're talking it? about toys. Or is it? This starts off in a video game. Oh, agreed. Agreed, it does. Anyway. Hi, Balan. Yeah, we are talking Toy Story 2 tonight. Yes. Uh, we will, which we will get into just in a second. Though I don't know what I'm waiting on. Yeah. Other than the music. Yes. Because we have this very long intro. Well, it made sense at the time. I never cut it back down. Mm. It's kind of a pain to move stuff in and off the, the board. True. And I just realized that when you look at me on the stream, mm. you're looking off screen. Real. Yeah, that's true. So let me fix that. <laughs> okay, that makes much more visual sense. Yes, it does. So should I look over here now? No. The only thing is, I now reach over here if I'm going to get you, and I come in on the other side. Ah! Actually, I think I know what causes that. Yeah. One of us is mirrored, I think. It is mirrored. I can fix yeah. this. Wow, wow. I can fix this. Are you sure you can fix it? Look yes. at me. I'm not full screen. Ah, now we're just now. Yeah, it's still weird. It's still weird. I agree. We'll just let it go. Yeah. All right. Deal it. Now that we've been being weird, weird like usual. Yeah. Why don't you give us our spoil? I want to go into our spoiler free yeah, segment. Let's do, yeah, let's do that. Certified fresh and spoiler free. I think this is my third viewing of this film. Third. I think third. I'm fairly certain mm. I saw it. On like a VHS tape, like at a school event or something, like long time ago. Okay. And then I got to see it in 3D. Oh, in 2009. Yes, when the double feature. Yes. Because I did see the double feature. Oh, Toy Story one and Toy Story two. That would have been. That was so, a long day. Yeah, I can imagine, but a good long day. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah. Um. So I did that, and then this is the third time I've I've probably watched this film. I had forgotten a few things. Is this still clever in a lot of ways? I have some issues in the credits, but we'll get there. But uh, yeah, this is a you, this. The only problem I really have with this, yeah, is that you can tell its roots are in the made for t uh, the uh, the cheap sequel that sequels that Disney was doing at the time. You can tell its roots are there. There are changes they made to the script to make it right. better, but you, yeah. boy, you can tell there's like, mm -hmm. very like, well, what are we going to do here? Why don't we do this thing? We did that, but that's kind of what we were doing last time. Oh yeah, but it's different. Also, now we're going to go to where this other thing was. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It, it's got, it just has that weird 
cheap Disney sequel itis that a lot of movies, a lot of the Disney sequels in the '90s had that were straight to DVD, agree, or straight to VHS at the time. Which wasn't this supposed to be regular? Originally, it was. It was. It was uh, originally the script was being written. Well, we'll get to that here yeah. in a minute. We'll get there when we get but, there. But uh, basically. Pixar and Disney were separate companies at the time. Very true. And the Toy Story brand was now owned by Disney due to the way the thing was. So they mm -hmm. were for all the Pixar films Disney had released, they had made a separate company called Circle 12 that was going to make the sequels like the Disney Toon Studios was doing for the Disney movies. Yes. And then they finally came around and say, okay, we'll just buy you Pixar. Mm -hmm. And they said Pixar was fine with that as long as you know they got to keep you know, certain provisions like mm -hmm. almost being an entirely separate studio and keeping their own copyrights on everything. So yeah. And then they made toy story too. Nice. Based off the script that circle 12 was, had come up with, hmm. but then they made a lot of changes. Cause one of the things I found out was, uh, Jesse was not originally a character in this. I remember something about that, but we'll get that to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, what are your, Spoiler-free thoughts on this. My spoiler-free thoughts, I remember watching this movie in theaters back in... This came out in 1999, right? I believe so. Yeah, it came out in 1999. I remember going to theater, going to the theater and watching it, enjoying it tremendously. That opening just went, am I in the right... Yeah. Are we, are we in the right theater here? Because I think it was the creator's uh, creative choice to do that. But overall, I really, really enjoyed Toy Story. I, I think this is probably the... Like maybe seventh or eighth time I've watched this film mm -hmm. over the course of the years because I just really enjoy it. I enjoyed this movie more over to its uh, predecessor. Really? Yes. Okay then. Yeah, because I I have a much more fonder uh, nostalgic memories. That makes of sense. Toy Story two over Toy Story. Now, mind you, Toy Story one is just uh, technical technological jump in innovation yes. and technology though good night you can tell they've upgraded their system since the first movie yes <laughs> oh that poor poor wiener dog oh my gosh he looks so bad in the first one yes he at least his fur looks better <laughs> he has he has real eyes now yes he does not doll eyes not yeah doll not doll eyes. eyes not soulless dog eyes Anyway, yes. Actually, we didn't actually get to see much of the dog in the first one, if I remember correctly. No. He, just got he, to he hear comes a in at the very, very last minute. We don't even see him. Yeah. Oh, here's a bark. I, I vaguely, I know what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I'm thinking of Spike's dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the like, bull. But, like, I don't know what he was. Kind of a bull, bully dog. I guess. He reminds me of the mascot for Target for a while. Okay. Target dog. Anyway. Yeah. So I enjoyed this movie tremendously. Highly recommend it. Yeah, it's it's available to be like, if you've never watched Toy Story, one, I feel sad for you. And you should go watch it. You should go watch it. Go watch it on Disney Plus. You subscribe to Disney Plus. Now, if you like special features that have been tampered with, go find an earlier version of the Blu-ray. Yeah, pre... 2019 version yeah of the blu-ray yeah yeah yep we'll yep. get there we'll yeah. get there we'll get there but overall i is the racing it's past yes <laughs> fun but it's like i understand why they did it but keep it on the blu-ray because it's not politically correct 
Well, there were about? other issues, especially with Lasseter at the time. Yeah, that is but true. They took that out, so that he was the director. That's true. That's Before true. we just kind of keep hitting around the bush on this one, mm. why don't we go ahead and get into the full review? Yeah, let's do that. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Toy Story 2. Listener discretion is advised. Toy Story 2 was written and directed by John Lasseter, mm-hmm. who also did A Bug's Life, mm-hmm. and Ash Brannon, who did Surf's Up for another oh. company. Oh, I remember that. This one about the surfing penguin voiced mm-hmm. by Shia LaBeouf. Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. Well, there's a joke we haven't done in a while. Well, Shia LaBeouf, he, he can he can act, but he's more known he has for a his bad tendency just to do that. Yes, he does. Christy Carlson Romano, I think, made out better uh, from that show. I think so. Uh, it was also directed by Lee Uncrick, who also mm-hmm. directed Coco. Yes. It was also written by Pete Doctor, Andrew Stanton, Rita Hassau, Doug Chamberlain, and Chris Webb. Getting into the cast, we've got Tom Hanks mm-hmm. as Woody, who played Forrest Gump in Forrest Gump. Oh. My mama always said, life's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So I'm going to say something that's... Um, you don't like Forrest Gump? No, do I don't. I've, I've, I've watched it <laughs> he, once. Now, Grant, I watched it when it was released. You and my papa agree on this. <laughs> he didn't like that movie either. I, I watched it on release, and I just didn't like it. Now, granted, this was like back in the okay. mid-90s, so I, so I haven't watched it since then. Fair enough. I'll I'll name another Tom Hanks film that I don't know if you like either, but I thought it was just as good, mm-hmm. and it is also a bit of a comedy. Really? Yes. The Terminal. That's another film I haven't seen. We need to correct this. Well, there there apparently there's a lot of Tom Hanks films I have never seen before. Well, that happens. Yeah. He did a lot of stuff for DreamWorks. And he's done a lot of movies just overall. Indeed. Tremendous actor. Tim Allen was the voice our, of our, Buzz our, Lightyear. Mm-hmm. And he played Scott Calvin in the Santa Claus yes. trilogy. Yes, he did. In Plus, the TV series. Tim the Two Man Taylor on Home Improvement. I love that show. I love it. I like that it. it's on Disney Plus now. Yes. Joan Cusack was mm. the voice of Jesse. Yes. And in School of Rock, she played Rosalie Mullen. Mm. Kelsey Grammer. Was the voice of Stinky Pete the Prospector. Yes, I love that performance. And he played Frasier Crane on Cheers and Frasier. Love Go back and listen to another episode where I did a perfect soliloquy oh, of his. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, Such a good episode. The, uh, the Ocean Waves. Ocean Waves. That was the name yes, of that one. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my gosh. Don Rickles mm-hmm. was the voice of Mr. Potato Head. And in Kelly's Heroes, he played a character named Crap Game. Crap Game. Hmm. Yes. Oh, okay, I'm going to be honest. Don Rickles is a name I know. Okay. But I can't tell you outside of Toy Story what I've seen him in. Okay. And when I was looking through his IMDb, mm-hmm. I had a hard time picking stuff out. Really? He's a great actor. Agreed. I apparently have not watched a lot of his stuff, so I don't know what's considered good, especially mm-hmm. since, like, two. this was one of the things that's on his, you know, best known for thing at the time yeah two of them were toy story and toy story 2 hmm. 
and I don't even remember what the fourth one was, other than I just don't remember it. Okay. Didn't know right. what it was. Hold so. on. Time? Because they're going to be like, when I look your direction, I'm looking the other Oh, because I mirrored it. You mirrored it. I knew there was something weird. Yeah. Just, just let you know. Okay. okay. Now you should be good. Yes, I should be. Like, <laughs> I'm not looking over here while you're talking over here. Okay. <laughs> Jim Varney was the voice of Slinky Dog. And he is most well known for playing Ernest P. Worrell hmm. in the Ernest films huh. and a ton of commercials starring that character. Huh. Know what I mean, Vern? Maybe. You don't know what I mean, No, Vern. I do not. Somebody needs to be educated. We'll get there. Wallace Shawn was the voice of Rex, but I know him as Vecini. In The Princess Bride. Yes. And for I me. don't want to use my head! <laughs> Hang on, I, my brain just had a fart. Um, <laughs> That's never a good thing, dude. No. Uh, you fool! You've broken the most... Oh, I don't remember the line. Um, You've fallen for one of the classic blunders. The first of which is never get involved in a land war in Asia. But the second, and not as quite as remembered, is this. Never get into, get into a bet with a Sicilian when death is on the line. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> Princess Bride, amazing I film. film. I love, I love film. it. Oh my gosh, we got to review that at some point. Yes. For, John uh, Ratzenberger. Yes. Was the voice of Ham. This was his third role for Pixar. Yes. Except it's also his first role because this was just the third movie, but beside the point. Yeah. I said okay. it wrong. And of course he was Cliff Clavin and Cheers and he was Pixar's lucky rabbit's foot up until what? Coco? Coco. Was the last one he showed up in? I think so. And you know what's funny? Hmm. This this is just so weird thing. They always joked about him being the lucky rabbit's foot, the their lucky uh Oh, thing. I get no we're going. And you'll notice, and, and I don't mean anything by this, but they have had so much trouble mm -hmm. with all of their films, either getting them out there or getting them noticed since they quit casting him. Inside That's Out true. actually was, no, that, he was no. in uh, uh, The Good Dinosaur also. Yes. So I don't, maybe after that. I don't remember what the first one is without him in it. Yes. But I know there was some points where you're watching it and going, mm -hmm. How are they going to fit John Ratzenberger in this film? Uh, Annie Potts is the voice of Bo Peep. Annie Potts. Now, do you recognize this name? Yeah, I do recognize the name. You know where you recognize it from? Annie Potts, if I remember correctly, she played in Ghostbusters. She did. In one and two. Mm -hmm. And technically, I think she shows up in Afterlife. She does show up in Afterlife. But what is, is the name? Movie. What is the name of her character? Oh, you have to put me on the spot. I mean, you're How going we... right into what I was going to talk say. So, you... oh, I um, have it in front of me. Yes. Uh, it's not Eugene. No, that's Flynn Rider. Uh, it's about that. Silly. Yeah. I want to say Jean, but it's not right. It is Janine. Janine. Okay. Last name. I was close. Last name. Uh, I played the fifth. <laughs> Melnitz. Melnitz. Janine Melnitz. <laughs> Janine Melnitz. <laughs> you brought this up a minute ago. Wayne Knight is the voice of 
uh, Al McWiggan, which I didn't know the guy had a last name. Yeah, Al McWiggan. But, you know, Big Al. Yeah. The Chicken Man. And he is played by, I heard say, he's played by Wayne Knight, who, um, you know, we mentioned Jurassic Park before. Yes, oh my he's, gosh. He's Nedry, Nedry in that film. But I think more people know him as uh, Newman in uh, Seinfeld, which I never watched. So Yeah, I, I've watched Seinfeld. There again, more of a controversial thought. I didn't like Seinfeld. I thought it was stupid. Fair now, enough. I know a lot of people actually Speaking love, of love Seinfeld. Speaking of Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Speaking of Seinfeld, Estelle Harris played Mrs. Potato Head. That's right, yeah. And she played Estelle Costanza yes. in Seinfeld, which is um, uh, the short guy i can't think of his name uh, yeah we, we just did a movie where he's in it yeah i know and i can't think of his name yeah but anyway his i think it's, it's either his wife or his mother I his mother it's his mother i figured that last but not least john morris mm-hmm. the voice of andy mm-hmm. he does not have much of an imdb as andy is pretty much what he's mostly played okay he has played andy in all four toy story films that have yes. come out yes Andy was in Toy Story 4, folks, even though, yeah. It's been it's, a while. It's archive audio in that oh. one. Oh. Because I think it's just a flashback to Toy Story 3. Oh, okay. But technically, he's doing the voice, even though he recorded it in Toy Story 3. Yeah. Hopefully, he got paid for that. He, I'm sure he did. The only other role I found for him, though, was in a early 90s PC computer game. Really? called lego island lego island and he played that game's protagonist pepper pepper a a pizza delivery boy Mm. who accidentally lets out a uh, criminal Mm. because he delivered to him a pizza with a crowbar in it oh okay that'll do it yeah he got framed (laughs) and then he has to go through the whole game trying to stop the guy Lego games before Traveler's Tales took over yeah. were really weird. I can imagine. But anyway, that brings me to the Kingdom Hearts connections. Oh, okay. This is going to be interesting. How many do you think we have? Bear in mind, there is a Toy Story world in Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, ballpark estimate, 6. You actually did very good with that ballpark estimate. It is 6. Oh, Bam! Right on. I'm going to start with the one you may you may not have even recognized. Okay. This, but I, well, you may have recognized it. I'll be honest, as I don't know. Jody Benson. Jody Benson? Yes, you know. Ariel? Ariel. Yes. And, of course, she did Ariel in Kingdom Hearts. Yes. In this movie, however, she was tour guide Barbie. That's, of course, she's tour guide Barbie. <laughs> Because that's what I remember. It's like this movie coming out. It's like, huh. wait a minute. Jody Benson's in this movie? Yes, she's tour guide Barbie. So, yes. With a movie in between, <laughs> we just technically did Barbenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> technically. We watched a movie with Barbie in it. That counts, right? <laughs> More than one. There were tons of Barbies there were in this tons film. Of Barbies. Yes, and I, I would love to know why Andy had three Barbie dolls in his room. Maybe it was his sisters. Like Molly, the yeah. toddler who could barely walk. Maybe. Not enough 
teeth marks on those Barbie dolls for that to be the case. Well, maybe it was more like his parents were cool with him having Barbies. I'm just saying. Boys. I'm just saying that last scene where Wheezy, that's his name. Wheezy is doing the thing, and he's got the three Barbie Barbies, backup dance up. That's dance, right, yeah, backup yeah, yeah. singers. I'm going. Yeah. Where did you come from? And why do you have all the accessories, Andy? You're a you're a guy in the '90s. Well. His, his sister is a little bit older in... She can barely walk. We saw him helping her out to the car. That's right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's it's a celebratory party and be like, I'm, her toys came over to you know have fun too. <laughs> Remind me, when did Shrek come out? Oh. Is that 2001? Roughly about... After this. Yes. Okay, never mind. I had an idea, gone, doesn't matter. Gotcha. Next one, we got Corey Burton. Of course. The one with the most roles in Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Uh, in this movie, however, he was the announcer for Woody's Roundup. Oh, okay. On the TV show. Yeah. Love that backstory. In Kingdom Hearts, however, he is Captain Hook, the White Rabbit, the Doorknob, Flotsam, Jetsam, Dale, Diz, the Master Control Program, Sark, Santa Claus, Shan Yu, the Peddler, Yen Sid, Ansem the Wise, and Claude Frollo. Mm. And additional voices. Additional voices. Because they, Kingdom Hearts 3 listed a bunch of additional voices for characters, mm -hmm. but didn't say who these people were because there was actually room on the disc for uh background characters to say stuff mm. he's one of them all right jess harnell was the voice of man number two in this okay and in kingdom hearts he's dr finkelstein mm. Locke, and additional voices nice bill farmer Yoke. was man number one in this and he is goofy pluto and horse horse collar sleepy tigger and ed in kingdom hearts nice and of course the two actors reprising their roles from this film wallace sean as rex mm -hmm. and john ratzenberger as ham mm -hmm. so yeah if you're putting two and two together you'll recognize neither tim allen or tom hanks of course voice their characters in kingdom hearts yeah that'd now, be awesome if they now i to. do know that uh tom hanks's brother yeah whose name i can't remember sorry who pretty much fills in for for tom hanks on anything that tom hanks is not going to do that mm -hmm. they essentially want tom hanks mm -hmm. he's the one who voices woody and oh, i don't remember sense. who does tim allen and he does an amazing amazing impression of his brother oh yeah so it it might as well be tom hanks doing it yeah it's another hanks doing it yeah so yeah that's what i've got in um uh, uh, summary what do we got in info and stuff all right so info and stuff imdb has a 7.9 out of 10. it's available to watch on disney plus if you are a subscriber to disney plus production walt disney pictures pixar pixar animated studios Distribution by Bonavista Pictures distrib distrib dis Distribution. Distribution. Thank you. I get tongue-tied all the time. Thank you very much. It's a hard word. It is. Uh, release date. Uh, it was released initially on November 13th, 1999. You, can you guess where? Uh, it's in California. The Hollywood 
uh, Grumman's Chinese Theater? Nope. Whatever the other theater is that Disney actually owns. El Capitan Theater? That's the one. El yep, Capitan. I can't. El Capitan. I can never remember the name. Yep. All right. So, yes. And it was released at the El Capitan Theater uh, first. And then uh, a couple of days later on uh, the 24th, that same month here in the United States, uh, going in the box office, its estimated budget was $90 million. Uh, its opening weekend was $300,168. Um, on November 21st, 1999, its U.S. and Canada gross was $245.8 million, and its total international gross was $497.3 million. All right, so sequels, and there are a ton of them. <laughs> there are quite a bit. There's a TV mm -hmm. show and... Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Exactly. And I think like five movies after that. Toy Story 3, Toy Story 4, the Lightyear. plethora of shorts. Yeah. And Lightyear. And Lightyear. Which I almost don't count. And Sorry, also, Chris Evans. <laughs> it's not your fault. Mm. All right. So it, Lightyear literally breaks continuity with this film. I agree it does. But also the thing. I mean, like, and the fact that they're in continuity is stupid. Yeah, agreed. But it has to be because. But the same, the same time. Zerg is not Lightyear. But it's inspired by the whatever Buzz Lightyear is inspired by. So it doesn't have to be. <laughs> Clip that, please. There is no reason to. I get that it was just a Star Wars joke. I don't care. It was brilliant, and you should have kept it. <laughs> oh, I agree. That was hilarious. That was absolutely hilarious in you know, this movie. It is so good. All right, so going into... Uh, let's I'm just see, saying that there's no way on Earth that Lightyear was the film that got Andy to want a Buzz Lightyear toy. As they say in the movie. Yeah, agreed. Anyway, sorry, continue. Mm. All right, so in 2009, both, uh, I believe we talked about this in the pre-show, that you, uh, in 2009, both Toy Story and Toy Story 2 were converted into 3D for a two-week two limited theatrical well, re-release. Yeah, because they had to actually re-render mm -hmm. the whole film anyway. Yes. Because the only ways they had these films uh, still was on, you know, just on celluloid. Yes, where they were printed, and th that wasn't going to work very. They, they wanted to get a good high. Th there was some reason mm -hmm. why technically they couldn't it, they couldn't go back to those old things and just remaster them like we would do other films. There was a reason they wanted to go back to the original data and re-render the entire film. Fair, 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 fair. So since they were doing that anyway, let's make it three D. And apparently it was extended due to its success. I don't know how long it was in theaters. It was probably in for a month. I thought it was only like a weekend well, for, it's, the, for the double feature. Well, according to my information, it was for a two-week limited theatrical re-release. And apparently it got extended. I'll take your word for it because I only saw it the one time. All right. Oh, yeah. Home release. I Like for some reason, I skipped into sequels before I got into home release. My apologies. Ah. My apologies. We'll get there in a minute. 
All right, Toy Story 2 was released on both VHS. You know, way back in the day, it was on a disc about this big. Mm-hmm. And you had to wind every once in a while. And if you got cut, you had to fix it, which is always kind of weird. Yeah. All right, VHS and DVD as a DVD two-pack with Toy Story in 2000. Uh, that same year, the ultimate toy, the ultimate toy box set was released containing the first and second films and a third, uh, third disc of bonus features. The standard DVD released along, allowed the viewer to pick the version of the film, either in widescreen or full screen without pan and scan. A sneak peek of Monsters, Inc. was attached to the release which featured their THX uh, certi- uh, certified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you saw THX, it was like, oh my gosh. Because this, like, this except is. Except when it was Pixar, they had their own little thing. Yeah. And the robot would turn the little cow thing outside, and it would, instead of the regular thing, it would be. Uh. Moo. <laughs> yeah, and mind you, this is the same year that Star Wars. Episode one, The Phantom Menace came out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So where was I? Uh, yes. The standard DVD, VHS, DVD, DVD two-pack in the ultimate toy box set uh, set returns, uh, set to return to the vault, you know, the Disney vault back in the day. Boo on Disney vault, boo. <laughs> in, uh, on May 1st, 2002, 2003, it was re-released as a special edition two-disc D- DVD on December twenty to uh, December twenty-sixth, two thousand five. Both editions returned to the Disney Vault again, Boo Vault, <laughs> on January thirty-first, two thousand nine. Okay, so we had a little bit of a controversy, and it <laughs> involved Costco. I don't know if you've heard of this one. Costco? Costco. What did Costco do? It wasn't what Costco did. Apparently it was a it was a manufacturing error. So let's get into this little brief controversy. Uh, a brief controversy involving the ultimate box set edition uh, took place in uh, took place in which around a thousand copies of a box set that was shipped to Costco stores had a pressing error which caused a scene from the 2000 radar film high felicity to play in the middle of the film the question the scene in question which features the use of the f word multiple times prompted a number of complaints <laughs> in toy, from, the toy story 2 desk yes <laughs> a number of complaints from customers causing costco to eventually recall the defective units from shelves and late and later to replace them I would hope so. I would hope so. That would be interesting. Uh, the defects was caused by a context mix error, uh, according to uh, according to Technocolor, which manufactured a disc and only affected the UTB box set copies of Toy Story Two, which were included in the two pack were not affected by uh, manufacturing error. According to Bona Vista Home Entertainment, less than 1% of the discs shipped to uh, shipped were printed with the glitch. 
How does this happen? That is what I would like to know. Yes, I mean, like that's so. If if if, if you were one of those very lucky or unlucky fortunate souls to have gotten your copy from Costco and you still have it, it might be worth something. <laughs> Unless your, your mother or your grandmother or your guardian found out about it and burned it, <laughs> threw it away or something like that. But uh, yeah, if you have a copy of that, oh my gosh, it's gold. I want to say gold, but I'm going to be like, it's probably worth something to some, you know, some Disney files who love Disney. We'll probably get you some money off of it. Oh yeah. So remember, kids, don't remember, don't throw away everything because it might be valuable someday. Not everything, but the um, you know, the ketchup bottle you can throw away. Yeah. All right. Especially so, that purple ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. I never had purple ketchup. All right. Toy Story Two was available for the first time on Blu-ray disc in a special edition combo pack. Released uh, March twenty third, two thousand ten, along with along with the first one, the first film. On November first, two thousand eleven, the first three to- story, Toy Story trilogy films at this point were re-released on both DVD and Blu-ray. DVD three day back when that was a day. Three D. Three D. Not three day. Yeah, three D. Take you three days to watch Toy Story? Yes, because it's that long. <laughs> uh, this is a copy combo, a fourth disc, which included the first two films and five of the three. What? Five for the third film. Okay. The film was released on Ultra HD Blu-ray. It probably had like the the re- the DVD, the Blu-ray, the yes. 3D Blu-ray, mm-hmm. the bonus feature discs. Yeah, all that kind of good stuff. Yes, the film was released on Ultra HD Blu-ray on June fourth, two thousand nineteen, for two thousand nineteen home uh, home for a reissue. Disney removed, which is sad, but I understand why they did it. Removed an outtake scene from the film's mid-credit. Um, Just because I understand why they removed that scene does not mean. I approve of them removing yeah, the scene. I, I agree. I agree. But they're... We'll get know, that. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Uh, so ever since you said that, I'll skip over it and we'll let you get into that. Um, media outlets referred to this change as, uh, as a result of the Me Too movement. Yeah. Which saw John Lasseter step down from Pixar from the previous films. Of, yep, 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 yep. Bas- basically what happened, I'll just go ahead and mm-hmm. rock it off here, even though I might come back to it later. Yes. Uh, there's a scene in in that in the blooper section that mm-hmm. they were doing. This yes. was the first movie I think they did with the bloopers in it. I believe so. At yes. the end, yes, because uh, they only did that for like three movies, I believe. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, one of the blooper scenes it had Prospector. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they're they're getting they're talking to the Prospector, but of course the box is turned behind so you mm-hmm. can't see him. Turn it around and Prospector's in there talking to two Barbie dolls. And talking about how he'll get them into Toy Story three, mm-hmm. if uh, which which is a little I get like I said we like we both said it we get why they they turned us down they, they took us out yes I just don't like that they edited a movie after the fact yeah plus John Lasseter 
was guilty to our to our my understanding. Actually, I don't know if he was guilty. I never heard know if we got clear evidence other than he stepped down yeah. maybe to just get the heat off of him. That's most likely it. I uh, I, we don't know. There, there are because the like, Me Too movement was. Granted, I understand why the Me Too movement happened. Yes. but there was a lot of there was a lot of shade being thrown around to where we didn't know who was actually guilty of what. Yeah. The only thing we were certain of was that Bill Cosby had done some horrible things and that's what got him canceled. I got you. So you and were that went to a lot of other things. Ah, so you were certain of, I was certain of it. Yes. Yes. So, all right. So, yeah. uh, with that out of the way, going into sequels, uh, Buzz Lightyear or Star Command, a American, a American animated sci-fi um, action adventure comedy. Uh, 2D. Hmm? It was a 2D television show. Yes, 2D. Uh, it was, uh, let's see, it was produced by Walt Disney Television Animation and co-produced by Pixar Animated Studios in 2000. Mm -hmm. Toy, Story, Toy Story 3 was released on June 18th, 2000 film. In the film, Andy... Toys are accidentally donated to a daycare center. That would be a nightmare. It is. I know. I've seen the film. It now great. No. You're hitting on some stuff in the trivia. Just okay. let you know. Okay, so I'm I'm just gonna say this. Be like, so I never saw Toy Story three when it came out. Ooh. I got a lot of heat for that, and deservedly so. Yes. So eventually, I wound up getting Toy Story three. Because everybody kept saying, you have to watch it. This movie will make you cry. Yeah. And I watched it. It's like, it's a good film. Do not get me wrong. And I'm just saying, they should have stopped at three. Uh, I think a lot of people say this. And we're getting a fifth one. Yes, I know. I'm working. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm annoyed that they should have stopped at three. Yeah. But they made a four. And now they're making a five. And I'm going, where do you go with five? Four literally has spoiler alerts for toy story four literally has woody and buzz split up because woody goes off and lives with bo peep in the middle of freaking nowhere true anyway anyway speaking of toy story four uh toy story four the fourth feature film of the franchise released on june 21st 2019 which apparently everybody splits up in this one it happens. It does. But at the same time, be like, I understand Disney wants to make more money. Let's let's milk the, the, the Disney cow. I mean, like, not the Toy Story cow as much as we can. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lightyear is a spinoff film from the Toy Story franchise. And it's garbage. Mm. I have an opinion. I, I, I might have a different opinion in some cases. <laughs> Uh, is, uh, uh, depicted as a in-universe origins, it is not <laughs> story the fictional the fictional human Buzz Lightyear uh, character who inspired the toy that appears in the main films with Chris Evans casted as the main role. I will say this just a quick thing: Chris Evans does a good job. Yes, I agree. The problem is not his performance. The problem is not the animation. Mm. The problem is the writing. Yeah. The story is wrong. <laughs> By the way, if you if you want to hear our reaction to go back Lightyear, and listen to that. Go listen to that. And I'm I'm just saying that there like I said earlier, there is absolutely no way 
on God's Green Earth in the year of our Lord, 1995, when Toy Story takes place, mm -hmm. that sometime within the year prior to that, that this was the film Andy saw mm. that got him into Buzz Lightyear. There is no way. And you know why. Yeah, I agree. Multiple reasons why. And that's before you get into the fact that because of this movie, it's breaking continuity, strangely enough. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. We have opinions about things, if you haven't noticed. All right, so finally in the bit of news, on February 2023, come on, Iger. Disney CEO Bob Iger announced that the franchise would continue with an additional film with... Um, I, I love it when I get um, the voice actor for Buzz Lightyear. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Thank you. I forgot his first name. Tim Allen confirmed he will return to the voice of Buzz. Now, mind you, mind you, going back to Lightyear, people uh, like people are going to be like, well, it's not it's not uh, if Tim Allen isn't doing Buzz Lightyear, it isn't but it isn't Lightyear. Right? Here, I can let that part of it slide yeah, because this is supposed to be. I mean, Chris Evans is the big paid movie actor voice for him. Yes. While Tim Allen is the cheap made in China radio speaker voice they they put in the in the in the uh, toys. That is true. But also, it Buzz works because there's always you never use the same actor from the movies in the toys. That is true. It also, never happens. Yeah. Buzz Lightyear Sarkerman wasn't voiced by Tim Allen either. Exactly. So let it go. Yeah, let it exactly. go. Exactly. Let's move on. Yeah, eventually we will have to review Blightyear at some point. <laughs> oh, joy. <laughs> yes. The joys of being podcasters. I need to, I need to find some way to keep Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4 from appearing on our list. <laughs> so I can keep Blightyear far, far away. Right. Hmm. Like that's going to work. <laughs> yeah, if I didn't tell, I'd be wagging. <laughs> you can tell we love, love uh, torturing each other. <laughs> yes, very much. Do you, like, you didn't put a tail on me, did you? No, it's not there. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. Oh, she's out of resources this week. Oh, thank you. This is what you get for spending all that money on that polyjuice potion. True. Very, very true. Anyways, that's all I have for an info and stuff. All right. Getting into the summary. Woody and Buzz Lightyear are now co-leaders of Andy's toys. Mm. Andy is preparing to take Woody to cowboy camp, but accidentally rips Woody's arm during playtime, choosing to leave him behind on the shelf. After having a nightmare about Andy throwing him away, which let me tell you is the stuff of nightmares. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Woody yeah. discovers Wheezy, a toy penguin, who has been left on the shelf after his squeaker broke. Andy's mother takes Wheezy down to her yard sale. Woody saves Wheezy, but is stolen by a greedy toy collector named Al McWiggin. Buzz fails to rescue Woody, but picks up two vital clues, a feather from a chicken suit and the number plate of the car, both of which help Andy's toys realize who stole Woody. At Al's apartment, Woody meets a cowgirl named Jessie, a horse named Bullseye, and Stinky Pete, who is the prospector, all toys based on the main characters from Woody's Roundup, a TV show that was popular in the 1950s. Woody also learns that he and the Roundup gang are to be sold to a toy museum in Japan. Hmm. He states he cannot go because he needs to go home to Andy, earning resentment from Jesse. Al accidentally rips Woody's arm off. When Woody tries to retrieve it and escape, his attempt fails when Al's television turns on. Hmm. 
Hmm. The next morning, Woody is repaired and still desires to go home to Andy. However, he soon learns that Jesse was once owned by a girl named Emily, mm -hmm. who eventually lost interest in and abandoned her. Fearing that Andy will do the same, Woody decides to stay with the gang to go to Japan. Meanwhile, Buzz has enlisted the help of Slinky Dog, Mr. Potato Head, Rex, Ham, to rescue Woody. They reach Al's Toy Barn, where Buzz is imprisoned by a new utility belt Buzz Lightyear toy, who, like the original Buzz in the first film, believes himself to be a real space ranger. Hmm. Andy's toys mistake utility belt Buzz for Andy's Buzz, and he thinks they're on a mission to defeat his nemesis, the evil Emperor Zerg. Utility belt Buzz leaves the toys by hiding in Al's bag, while Andy's Buzz escapes and follows the gang to Al's apartment, unintentionally releasing a toy Zerg, who believes he is the real Zerg and follows Andy's Buzz in order to destroy him. Both Buzzes and a group of Andy's toys arrive at Al's apartment. Andy's Buzz tries to persuade Woody to come home, but Woody remains adamant that life in the museum would be better than potential abandonment by Andy, devastating the Buzzes and the group of Andy's toys. Woody soon has a change of heart and asks the round of gang to come with him and experience playtime with Andy. However, Pete prevents them from leaving, revealing he has previously sabotaged Woody's escape. Al takes the round of gang to the airport. The Buzzes and the gang give chase but are confronted by Zerg, who engages Utility Belt Buzz and reveals he is his father. Andy's toys bid farewell to Utility Belt Buzz and Zerg and chase Al using a pizza plant truck while being accompanied by the three little green men. At the airport... Pete rips Woody's arm again, but the toys subdue Pete and place him in a little girl's backpack. She's an artist. Woody and Buzz and Bullseye escape, but Jesse is placed in the plane to Japan. Buzz, Woody, and Bullseye work together to save Jesse, and the whole gang returns to Andy's house. After Woody's arm is fixed, the toys learn that Al has suffered financially after losing the Roundup gang. Wheezy has also, Wheezy has also had his squeaker fixed, much to his delight. Woody tells Buzz that he no longer fears Andy losing interest in him, and that even if it does happen, he and Buzz will be happy, will be friends for infinity and beyond. Womp, womp, womp. Getting into the trivia for this film, we'll go with the big one first. Yes. When working on this film, somebody entered a code called RM star mm -hmm. which when entered deletes everything on the computer as quickly as possible bum, bum, bum. permanently deletes everything on the computer Eek! this is not something that they could have gone in no and after they deleted it and somehow recovered the files with special things no it was everything was being every bit was being turned into a zero wow because of this the creators of this movie lost 90 percent of the film the animators tried to get the backup animation but it wasn't working fortunately supervising technical director galen sussman had recently had a child so she took a copy of the movie home with her so she could work from home they covered the extra copy in blankets and drove it back to the studio and were able to recover most of the film Wow. Now, a little bit of sadness on the end of this. Mm -hmm. Sussman, the person who saved this movie, yeah. was laid off from Pixar in 2023. Oh. When Bob Iger laid off so many people oh, at Disney. Oh, just sucks. For the scene where Woody looks at the merchandise from Woody's Roundup, uh, Roundup mock-ups of the toys were shown to Tom Hanks in the recording booth. Hanks' spontaneous reactions to the toys were recorded and used for Woody's dialogue. Really? Mm-hmm. There was some discussion with regard to the song, When She Loved Me and Its Place in the Film. Mm -hmm. 
Randy Newman expressed concern over whether or not young children would be able to sit through the three-minute ballad, while both Tim Allen and Tom Hanks admitted to being moved to tears by the scene featuring the song. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't you be? Yes. While driving around Al's toy barn, the gang drives down the Buzz Lightyear aisle. Tour guide Barbie tells them, back in 1995, short-sighted retailers did not order enough do- toys to meet demand. Mm-hmm. This is an in-joke and a fact. When the original Toy Story was released, toy, store, toy sellers did not think the movie would be a hit, and they indeed did not order enough dolls to keep up with demand. The joke is also a self-deprecating dig at Mattel Toys. Yeah who denied use of the Barbie character in the first film, yes. thinking the film would be a flop. Yes. It sounds like Star Wars. All over again. again. The dust in the scene where Woody meets Wheezy mm-hmm. set a record for number of particles animated for a movie by a computer. Really? Yeah. The cleaner who fixes Woody for Al is Jerry from the Oscar-winning Pixar short Jerry's Game, 1997. Huh. Some of the chess pieces he played with in the short are in one of the drawers of his case. Jerry was based on renowned makeup artist Stuart Freeborn. Mm. When Woody first sees the Woody's Finest Hour tape, it's stopped in the middle of a cliffhanger where st- with Stinky Pete saying, Woody's Roundup was canceled before airing the conclusion. This is the very same tape, though, Woody plays for the others when they come to rescue him. Except he didn't pause it. After Buzz delivers the armor-piercing question and leaves, the conclusion to Woody's finest hour can be heard. Woody makes it across the gorge and saves the others. He is faintly heard asking if everyone is okay, and Jesse is heard exclaiming in relief, Sheriff Woody, I knew you'd make it. Woody on TV is then more clearly heard telling wise words to the children and sings, you've got a friend in me. In other words, by revealing that Stinky Pete lied, his villainy was hinted at long before it was shown. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. Oh my. Hysterical. Oh my gosh, yeah. The scene where Woody, Buzz, and Bullseye are chasing the baggage tractor to save Jesse resembles a typical Western film scene where the hero chases a train on horseback. In fact, the first trailer after the tractor is open after the tractor is open topped to give it the appearance of the tender of a steam locomotive. Huh. In the original story for the direct-to-video sequel, the Woody's Roundup toys that Woody met at Al's apartment included Bullseye, who had a voice and could talk, the prospector, who was not named, mm-hmm. and Senorita Cactus, a Mexican dancer doll. <laughs> the prospector and Senorita Cactus were snobbish collector's items characters who treated Woody with disdain because he had previously been owned by a child and played with. The ending of the film featured a car chase with Woody, Buzz, and the rest of Andy's toys stealing Al's car to escape and Al pursuing them in the Pizza Planet truck instead of the other way around, as in the actual finished film. Mm -hmm. When production of the sequel was returned to Pixar, John Lasseter and the other Pixar animators reworked the story, adding Jesse the Cowgirl and expanding certain sequences 
which includes the visit to Al's Story Barn to give it more heart and humor. Mm -hmm. Buzz telling Woody, you are a toy in Al's apartment is a reference to the first film when Woody tells this to Buzz at the refueling station mm -hmm. where he thinks he's a real space ranger. Mm -hmm. The producers originally had Tim Allen mimic Tom Hanks's delivery of the line. Yes. So as to exactly marry the original scene, but realize it was too dramatic in this context. Mm. When Buzz leaves the newer Buzz with Emperor Zerg before he and the other toys head to the airport to rescue Woody, yes. he parts by making a Vulcan salute from Star Trek. That's right, he does. Similar to what, he, what Buzz did towards Woody in the first film before the pizza plant truck arrived at the Dynaco gas station. Mm. When Woody and Jesse are exiting out of the airplane, originally it was going to be Jesse who slips and Woody saves her. However, Joan Cusack, who voiced Jesse, suggested to the director and writers that Jesse would have would save Woody so they would they would show the courage and strength of her character. John Lasseter and everyone else liked it so much that the idea was approved. The truck with the giant cylinder on it that also squashed also squashed almost squishes Mr. Potato Head mm -hmm. has the words Kartoffel Famcook written on the side. Yes. This is German for potato pancake. <laughs> oh, that is perfect. That is freaking perfect. In the Pizza Planet truck chase scene, in front of the truck is a car that has the license plate HDNCTY. Uh, hmm. This is a reference to what the to what was Pixar's next film, Monsters Incorporated. In that film, there was a cafe in Monstropolis called the Hidden City Cafe. Hmm. That's what H D N T C T Y is. Oh, that makes sense. For. That makes sense. Stinky Pete predicted some of the events of Toy Story Three. In an outtake from Toy Story Two, that was cut. Thank you very much. Stinky Pete was talking to the Barbie twins about getting them a part in Toy Story 3. Mm -hmm. Since this was non-canon, it turns out it wasn't real, as only one Barbie appeared in the third film. Before Buzz, Woody, and the gang stuffed him into Andy's backpack, he said that the toys would end up in a landfill. And they did! In Toy Story 2, the prospector asks Woody if he thought that Andy was going to take, him to, take them to college, or on his honeymoon That's right. as it was unlikely an adult would do so while in toy story three his prediction on mm -hmm. that turned out to be true with andy ultimately handing woody and the other toys including jesse and bullseye over to a girl named bonnie anderson however wow. mm. it should be noted that andy was indeed initially planning on taking woody with him to college therefore defying the prospector's expectations he said children destroy toys Mm. foreshadowing the rough wow. play scene in the caterpillar room at Sunnyside daycare. Wow. <laughs> Zerg falling down the elevator shaft, crying out. No. You would think is actually foreshadowing star Wars. You would think because it would be after this, that, so many no scenes would be put in you Star Wars. However, this actually mirrors a similar scene from 1987's Masters of the Universe. Oh my. Which really? Skeletor, 
played by Frank Langella, yes. cries out, no, as he falls into a bottomless pit. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Masters oh. of the Universe from 1987 is based on the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe toy franchise from Mattel. I have the power. The scene when Woody and Jesse make their way to the nose wheel compartment and jump from the aircraft just as it is taking off is very similar to a scene near the beginning of the movie Commando 1985, oh. where Arnold Schwarzenegger jumps from the nose wheel of an aircraft as it's taking off. Yes. Lastly, lastly and certainly not leastly. Leastly? Leastly. Anyway, on top of the elevator, Zerg tells the fake Buzz that he is his father. While this is obviously a parody of The Emperor Strikes Back, where Vader tells Luke the same thing, mm -hmm. this also foreshadows the fate of Star Wars when George Lucas sold all rights to Disney. And from 2015 onwards, all future Star Wars films and spinoffs are produced by Disney. <laughs> Instead of 20th Century Fox. And this bit of trivia I've just realized was written before Disney bought 20th Century Fox. <laughs> Did I say the Emperor Strikes Back? I meant the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. You knew what I meant. Thank you, Jace. And that brings me to the end of the trivia. Oh, my gosh. What's your first like for this film? My first like, let me get to my likes because this was a long trivia so i apologize no, no. there was just so much good trivia i agree i couldn't cut it and actually cut a lot of stuff oh my gosh the 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 uh the um uh, the mortality of the entire movie where buzz like eat like buzz himself and woody are coming to this almost like not a midlife crisis well for for uh for toys woody, it would be for woody it would be a midlife crisis <laughs> Because he's a fifty-year-old yeah. toy at that point. Like he, I mean, like, he, and yet he does he know he's a fifty-year-old toy? No, he doesn't. Not How does that work? So my first like of the film is the uh, mortality of the characters because they they come to like both Buzz and Woody come to a realization. Well, Buzz, well, Woody primarily comes to the realization that. Be like, I, I'm not gonna be able to play. I'm not gonna be. Andy's not gonna play for play with me forever. Be like, I'm gonna get tossed in the shelf because his arm gets ripped in the very first act of the film, and it's just like it's a character wrestling with his mortality and what what is he worth? And you know, he's obviously he's stolen, and he realizes his his revelation of my be like how broad of a history he has, and he's a valuable collection. Bob collector toy. And I believe this this whole point of you know collection of the uh, where Woody Woody is be like he finds that his his past is like he's he's a very valuable toy that people he's very sought after. Mm -hmm. Uh comes from uh, I believe it was John Lasser who is a collector of toys. Um so he we had this massive collection of old toys back when he was a kid. So he be like he would go down to his his studio, which had all these toys, and his children who were young at the time would have come and want to play with them. So like he he's desperately trying not to get his kids to play with everything, and he comes to that the the uh, 
the realization that toys are meant to be played with. And I, I see that all the time with like big toy collectors because they collect every single little thing. And be like, you put it on a shelf and you don't be like, you take it over once in a while and you dust it off. And be like, it's a toy. It's supposed to be played with. So I, that was like the genesis of how, you know, like this, this story came about. I enjoy that part. But at the same time, you have this, this, this uh, overwhelming, this overall arching story of uh, mortality. And I, I love that. It's got this great, the, the overarching story of, Woody uh, trying to overcome this depression that he's not going to be uh, relevant to Andy at some point. And it, like, it just drives home to be like, it's okay. It'd be like, what? Be like, the prospector does give him the chance to be like, hey, I can become immortal. I can just sit there in a stand and be loved and cherished by millions of people. But I'll never be be like loved by a child. I've never be, you know, be designed what I'm supposed to be do as a toy and be like, he ultimately cho chooses to go back to Andy because that's what he wants. And like, even though be like, he realized be like the end of the film, he realizes like, Hey, I may not be Andy's favorite, you know, forever, but I know be like, I will always have a, a warm place in his heart. So I, I enjoy that story beat of this movie of mortality of a toy. Uh, yes, my first leg is mortality, uh, that our characters have to come to the realization that definitely are both main characters. And, uh, it is like, it is like, we, we all have to, you know, grip, I'll be like, I'm 40 now and I'm starting to realize my age because when you're 20, you think you're immortal and you can do anything. But then you start, like when you get my age and you start to realize it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be here forever. But thankfully I... Uh, my relationship with Jesus Christ confirms that. Mm -hmm. Be like, even though this is my home for the moment, it's like I'm not going to be here forever, and I have that insur insurance and insurance that be like my home is somewhere else. So, yes. Uh, yeah. So it's my first like. What's yours? My first like for this film is it's going to be the use of so many. Oh, it's the comedy. Oh, yeah. There are so many. Granted, toys, the first Toy Story was comedic, but it had, it was very, I guess, because they were so, so getting used to the technology, because, I mean, that first Toy Story 1 took, what, five years? Yeah, five years. Then to make from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. This film took two years because they made bugs life in between this and mm -hmm. the first movie agreed so the technology had obviously improved okay but and this allowed them to i think spread their writing chops and their comedic storytelling mm -hmm. with this a bit uh because it, it's not just like i said there's funny parts in the first one but there's not as much visual gags okay in the first one there's not as much slapstick okay this one and it's not really slapstick, but there's so many great little sight gags mm -hmm. throughout this. You could tell they could have more fun with setting up a scene. Yeah. There's still some times where it's like, okay, you've got, uh, you know, the scene there where uh, Buzz is giving the whole speech about mm -hmm. uh, 
how we're going to be the ones to save uh, Woody and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And the American flag just starts to come up behind him. So good. It's like, okay, that's clever. Uh, The stuff in the toy store. Yes. With tour guide Barbie. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And and, uh, utility belt buzz. Uh, that whole bit with utility belt buzz, because mm-hmm. you're watching, you go, okay, yeah, there's a clear visual difference between these two characters, but there are times when you're watching going, how is, how is nobody caught on to the fact that this is not the buzz, your buzz. Yeah. This is not the buzz that is aware that he's a toy. Granted, he's mostly dealing with ham and Rex and uh, slinky mm-hmm. and potato head yes. who, kind of accepted buzz the way he was when he first showed up in the film so maybe it hasn't occurred to them that okay yeah this isn't the same one but um so so you have all that in there and then of course his entire idea of 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 utility bugs how he uh puts the rogue space ranger back in his stasis pod yes (laughs) by putting him in a box and putting him on the shelf. It's like, okay, that's a clever excuse for the toy as to what he thought was happening yeah. in the packaging. Granted, we still have no idea how the toys coming to life thing works in yeah. this movie, in this franchise. They have never explained it, but nope. I'll go with it. Yeah. But um, just all the little, the little visual details in mm-hmm. here. The, the thing with Rex. Mm-hmm explaining how to get into Zerg's uh, fortress in yeah. the video game to utility belt buzz. And that actually being how you get into the fortress mm. in, into the hotel or not the hotel, the, the apartment building where Al is, where Woody is being held. It's like, okay, I know that's contrivance mm-hmm. and they don't care. That's funny. <laughs> and then the, the, the last, the last bit with the utility belt buzz is like, or after he finds out that Zerg is his father. And they're saying, hey, bu- hey uh, Buzz, you want to come with us? No, I'm going to stay here and connect with my dad. And they're throwing balls, the ball back and forth to each other. I thought that was funny. Uh, the, the whole, that, all the little things. I, I just really appreciated this film, all the little sight gags. Because they felt like they were, it felt like they were not... They were f- more free to do stuff that mm-hmm. they would have wanted to do and that Disney could have been able to pull off, you know, in their animated features at the time. Yeah. But they could not do pull this off in Toy Story 1 because the technology was just barely right. producing a film Agreed. that, you know, was doing it. So, yeah. Agreed. What's your second like? My second like would be the opening of this film. Because that throws me off every oh yeah, time. Every time. Be like, it subverts your expectation to be like, because like I said before, the opening kind of gives you this idea. It's like, okay, we're in the wrong movie. But then it just it's this amazing buzz flying into this uncharted land and fighting off Zerg's, you know, all of his empire and, you know, trying to defeat Zerg. And you realize, oh, it's a video game. We're back in Indy's room. But it's just that, that surprise and awe. It's just like, Whoa, okay, what movie am I in now? This is going to be cool. We're not Andy's room anymore. And then we realize we are in Andy's room, but it's a video game that's not capable in 1999, but still. (laughs) 
Not to that degree. No, not that degree. I could see a PlayStation game having that kind of gameplay, but the graphics would not look that anywhere near that good. True. True. The Dreamcast probably could have pulled that off because that would have been out around that time. Roughly. But PlayStation yeah. 2. Yeah. But. Hmm. But like, yeah, that, op- that opening, it, like it breaks expectations. Uh, it's it's something that I think a lot of movies don't they don't do. They kind of throw you for a loop and kind of uh, make you think you're do- it's something else, which I think for the writers and director to do that for for their film was an amazing idea. So I applaud, I, I applaud them for that, for I, that, you know, just that innovation of doing something different. True. I have an issue with this, but we'll get to that when we get there. Okay. That is my second like. My second like for this film is Woody's Roundup. Oh, absolutely. Because the thing is, the first movie kind of gave you some background on what Buzz Light on Buzz Lightyear and all this. Yeah. It didn't give you a lot, just give you enough, you know, to really say, yeah, he's this new toy mm-hmm. based on this movie or tv show we yep. weren't sure in toy story one what it was mm-hmm. uh but it's a new space toy and andy likes it and all that stuff mm-hmm. so this where you get the whole thing that's like oh woody is actually a toy based on marionation uh super marionation show hmm. you don't know this term do you no i don't do you know of the film are, are the, are the television series Thunderbirds? Yes, I've heard of Thunderbirds. That's Super Marionation. Oh, okay. I, I'm saying it wrong. Super oh. Marionettation. I oh, think okay. is how you say that. Hmm. But it's basically a, a marionette toy show, which is interesting considering that in the original con- concepts for Woody for Toy Story, he was supposed to be a marionette. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's cool that you brought that back, mm-hmm. even without telling anybody what was going on. Agreed. And then you get the whole, and it really does. I don't know how they did this because I don't think those were real marionettes, but they moved like real marionettes do. Yeah. I was watching that whole thing. I was like, I know you're playing this up for laughs, but good night. That is some good animation on faking. Oh, yeah. Marionettes. It's like, I didn't, because that's going to be tough because you've got to, you've got to make it move like it's floating on a string and it's got mass it's got to keep and this and the string that you can see in there it's moving like it's supposed to mm-hmm. but the whole thing with especially and then you have all the the woody merchandise and the oh yeah the big standee like the red rider mm-hmm. uh bb gun standee that you see in like a christmas huh. story yeah uh the whole bit and of course it's staying in this big fat guy's apartment who's a big toy snob mm-hmm. uh which is why he made that thing in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that whole thing, especially like the parts like, oh, look, I've got a yo-yo. I'm thinking, yeah, you got a yo-yo. What do you do? It's, it's just your face stamped on a wooden yo-yo. Why is that a big deal? It's a yo-yo. I get yeah. it. I don't but, have a yo-yo. But at the same time, but like the, to think that Woody be like, be like, he's, he's never known his, like his true origin who right. he was. And to come to that big revelation that it's like, oh my gosh, I have all this merchandise. I'm famous. Which makes me wonder. Like Harry Potter. Before Andy got Woody. Yeah. Because Woody would have had to have been made in the 50s. Yeah, he was. Or 60s. Yeah. Because the space, Sputnik's what did it. And that's, I mean, Sputnik is 58? 58. 58. So um, that's what they, that's what they, that's what they say is brought about the space the space toys and this and 
brought the downfall of, of or at least that's what Stinky Pete mm-hmm. says. We have no idea how much of what Spinky, Stinky Pete said was true, but um, but that, if that's what canceled the show, uh, I I kind of lost my spot there, and I'm sorry. But the sh- but the whole bit there with all the toys and stuff, and and uh, yeah, Woody would have had to have been aware. Mm-hmm. From the time he was made until the time he met Andy, who Andy would have had to have been we would not have been born to like what eighty eight, eighty nine, because Andy's younger than we are. Yeah, because he's only like seven or eight in ninety five. Yeah, he would have been born like in the late eighties, late eighties. So that's forty years. Yeah, that's forty years where uh, Woody was should be active before uh andy is even born what was he doing during that time this is what i would like to know yeah agreed uh hang on it worked echo (laughs) we can see it yeah thank you i don't know if it worked on your end it worked on ours it looks good we just couldn't but we didn't want to interrupt the show but now we have but anyway good job so yeah uh those details in that one little question is like, what was, how does Woody not know about this? Is it still a question in my mind? Yeah. But yeah. And plus we get a performance from writers in the sky, which I, I that's a classic country group. You don't get to hear much of them, mm-hmm. and, but they are still some, I actually got to see them in the grand Ole Opry. Really? Yeah. The same night I got to see, uh, Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Charlie Daniels. Oh, and, uh, not Steve Martin. Uh, I can't think of his name. Hmm. I'm I not I can just see he's got tight pants. Tight pants. And he married Big Nose. Which tells you nothing. No. <laughs> uh, and I'll get back to him. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I, I liked all those little, mm-hmm. those little details. Anyway, yeah. what's your uh, third like? My third like would be the... The part of the movie when I was, when this movie came out, which was in 1999, I would have been 15, 16 years old, maybe 14, mm-hmm. one of those. So I remember watching this movie in theaters and this, the whole scene where we get the big revelation of why, uh, uh, Jesse, Marty Stewart. Marty Stewart. Okay. That's the name I couldn't think of. Marty Stewart. Oh, okay. So we get Jesse's, we finally get to hear Jesse's backstory. And I got choked up. I was like, oh my gosh, this poor doll. Yeah. Like just literally gets abandoned by her owner. And now she's got this PTSD about this trauma in her life that she, she doesn't want to trust people because she knows she's going to get burned. And it's like, it'd be like, like even in today's modern, it's like, oh my gosh, you would have this character who is traumatized. Like even in the third one, they apply that. Like she doesn't want to go back in a box. Like she she wants to be free, but she's be like she she knows be like she was thrown into a box because she was abandoned. Now, granted, children eventually walk away from their toys, and then some uh, collectors become pick them up. Yeah, yeah. So but can you imagine what that's like? Yeah, as to be completely to be utterly abandoned. abandoned. It, it's 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 I mean it's it's not a, it's not an equivalent, 
but you have like those those sad videos where someone will drop off their dog in the middle of nowhere and the they just drive off yeah and, like can you imagine be like some, someone just driving you in the middle of nowhere and just leaving you like someone you loved and cared about like dropped you in the middle of nowhere hey good luck there pal like that would be devastating and that'd be like I, I, i'm admitting you know, i probably cried a little bit because there again i i'm not a uh I, i'm not ashamed of you know shedding a tear on something but overall oh my gosh jesse's story from this little this doll who is uh having abandonment issues and ptsd due to her her abandonment trauma to kind of like okay i'm warming up to things now because they're going you can grow out of your trauma and that's one thing some, some people don't do they just they they wallow it and sh they, they just balls up and they don't they don't know how to get out of it and uh it, sometimes it takes a friend to come along be like hey be like you're okay let's walk with this together so yeah if you're if you're dealing with trauma in your past be like talk to people about it so yeah my third like is um uh jesse's backstory which i just found incredible i'm gonna jump on that too because that moment is like hard to watch which is weird because there's so much other little nice fun stuff in this film and then you get this one moment where it's like and now we're going to t tear your heart out for a minute we'll put it back and we'll have some yes. fun here in a minute but we're gonna get that it's like yes ah and you just feel so because yes. they hide so much mm -hmm. of what's happening in that last thing because it's like oh she's the 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 girl found her her toy for so many years and uh has put her in her purse it's like mm -hmm. and, and i'm thinking okay yeah i've seen young mm -hmm. ladies with yes you know like little plushies or something oh, yeah. so a toy yeah. is like odd but i could see someone doing that and then she puts them in a box and then sets her down mm -hmm. and it's like because it throws you because you're at the park where they played mm -hmm. and then there's and then the camera pans out and you see that she is being donated and you're like going ah mm -hmm. I, I, sh at least she might be going to a good home but mm -hmm. wow that's gonna be that's tough mm -hmm. agreed now can i throw a little bit of shade a little bit of something at you that we don't have any official confirmation of but what would that be an interesting little fan theory i think i've heard this fan theory though what type of hat does andy wear in the first two films a red hat that? similar to whose jesse's hat and uh where might he have gotten this hat? his mother who may have been emily maybe we that, don't know that that is a very we do not know but theory the, I, but the fact that they designed Jesse's hat, yeah, to look like Andy's cowboy hat, mm -hmm. that just seems a little too on the nose to just be, you know, happenstance. Now you, you can claim it's like, yeah, he happened to get the hat, yeah, uh, from the same collection. Didn't know it was Jesse's. Yeah, Andy doesn't care. He's just a kid who found right. has a cowboy right. hat. Doesn't care that it's technically a girl's hat, right? But He's a little kid. He's, He's a little kid. kid. He doesn't it's care. A hat. It's his hat. And then you see the little girl wearing the same hat. And you know for a fact that in the computer that this movie was made in, that is the same asset. Yeah. The same that thing. is the same model and the mm -hmm. same 
texture files that is not redesigned. Mm -hmm. It is copy and pasted. Uh -huh. And you're going, Andy's mom, why did you give up Jesse? <laughs> and does that give you some weird memories when you randomly walk into Andy's room? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> these two toys are magically there that you've never seen before in, before in his room. And one of them looks a little too happy to see you. Oh, that'd be a great spinoff. Jesse never mentions anything yeah. about Andy's mom in this movie or the next movie. Never. But I'm still excited going, Andy's mom, you're Emily. Yeah. Why did you abandon Jesse? <laughs> There, there again, be like, be like, eventually kids, like, yeah, I did, I get he did, I be get like, it. you, you kind of just abandon your toys. I get it. I'm looking at one I never did, but it wasn't storage for a while. Exactly. So I minus, get it. Minus, I really when I, do. minus when I was a kid, be like, toys didn't survive. They got trashed. <laughs> Not thrown in the trash. You got had demolished. You had three kids playing with all of them. Exactly. I was by myself. Some of my toys survived. Ah, my Deep Space Nine did not. <laughs> it's I have it somewhere, but I know it's not in good shape. So yeah, nice. So um, that was my third dislike. Yes, third like actually. Yeah, we need to talk about our dislikes. Yes, let's hear. F no, no, I'm going first. I'm yes. sorry. You I'm go sorry. first. I'm you going go first. first okay. I need to get this off of my chest. That's a way. Good. You're. Start. Second like was the opening of this film. Mm -hmm. And I don't disagree with you. Yes, it was better than pretty much anything they could have, uh, any video game could have done at the time. Mm -hmm. Here's my question. Why is Buzz Lightyear still the toy model in the video game? <laughs> because he still has his seams on the front of his shins right you can probably say oh that's just part of the thing i was like okay maybe why does his laser still just say have the label for laser and not like putting any other like symbols on that little bitty screen why is it so painfully obvious that the radio that video game buzz talks into is a sticker <laughs> i'm not saying that that would not have been how the graphics worked in 1999 because it would have just been a texture file sitting on top of a character model. <laughs> I know this. Don't think I don't know this. But this is obviously in the near, in the not too distant future. <laughs> That's the only explanation as to why <laughs> the graphics are as good as they are. <laughs> and I'm still going. <laughs> but let's say even in 91. Okay. There are video games based on toys. Okay, I agree. Namely, I just talked about one that the Andy was in. Yeah. The actor who plays Andy, I mean. And yeah, it looked like Legos because it's the Lego brand thing. And you want to kind of have that look. But, yeah. you know, the faces animated. It wasn't like the Lego movie where there was like intentional. Okay, you can tell it's like different heads being put mm -hmm. on the model every time. Yeah. So it's got so that the, the heads are animating in the thing. No, 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 no. This was actual textures moving on their on on their faces like any other video game at the time. And 
there was a little, a little too much squash and stretch in the plastic pieces. And I'm thinking if that's how video games are being made in 1999, mm -hmm. when this movie came out. Yes. Couldn't you play it a little bit more with, with, with the model for Buzz Lightyear and all the other stuff? Because Zerg does not look like Toy Zerg. That's you true. made the toy model of Zerg different. True. He's still there. You can tell it's that Zerg. I agree. And, and it's a nice little like thing where he pulls up the, the lasers from, from the beginning of the game, except now it's the toy version, so he's shooting out little puff balls, mm -hmm. or little nerf balls. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he's got the little Zerg vision thing on the back of his head. But he actually looks like he's made out of plastic in that one. Whereas in the game, he doesn't look like he's a plastic toy. He looks like a character model in a video game. Mm -hmm. Why is Buzz still a toy? <laughs> I get Good it. Point. You probably did not want to create a whole new model, whole new textures. It may not even been something that occurred to the animators at the time that mm -hmm. maybe we should play a little bit and make a slightly smoother model of Buzz, a more a slightly elaborate, not totally elaborate, because I mean, this is only like two minutes of the film. You don't want to do too much and Good night. I, the way that beginning of that film is and that stuff, I don't want to imagine how much more rendering that took over Woody's room, uh, uh, Andy's room. Agreed. But still, I'm looking at it going, this is so obviously Toy Buzz, not a video game Buzz Lightyear. And yeah, I'm supposed to believe it's a video game. That's just weird. Yeah. And I, and I get that you're it's also supposed to be the false beginning making you think like you mm. said oh i've wandered into the wrong thing play into that give me a slightly better looking buzz mm. slightly better looking you only got to use them for a couple minutes mm. it's not going to take that much time mm -hmm. so give me something a slight look going oh they really improved this but and it's in space where is this going and then you go oh you get to the toys and it's like okay buzz lightyear now looks like a toy little buzz lightyear that mm -hmm. he's supposed to be that's a that's good. Yeah, Get, I'm just saying, give Buzz Lightyear the same amount of respect that you gave Evil Emperor Zerg. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> good point. And I'm still going with the fact that they didn't have time probably to make a new model and just copy and use the regular Buzz model because it was faster and cheaper. Oh, I agree. So that's why they did it. But it's like, couldn't you have done something to make him look less toy-like in this video game? <laughs> I do, I do agree with you to an extent. Like, yeah, I can see where they just, you know, like, you know, plop and drop, you yeah. know, the model and just do this amazing scene and don't do anything to make him look more like maybe amp up his, you know, I, I'm not really asking his characteristics for, or something like that. To be honest, I'm not asking for much. Yeah. I want the little, uh, I want, I want his laser, uh, LED. Yeah. To not be so painfully obvious. It's an LED light. Mm. I'm wanting the little, a display on there to animate a little bit, not mm -hmm. a lot, yeah. a little bit. Yes. And when he opens his wrist communicator mm -hmm. for it to not look like, to, for it to look like, oh, this isn't a actual high tech piece of equipment, not a little bitty piece of plastic sitting on top of a sticker. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm asking. <laughs> it would not have taken much. Yeah. Agreed. There's probably those little details I couldn't spend money on. So. Right. Right. Yeah. What's your first dislike? Uh, my first dislike. Now, granted, this is more like severe disliking about not. It's more nitpicking than anything, because they they 
like in the first one, they didn't put a whole lot of, they put effort into the humans. They put a little more effort into yes. making the humans. Definitely the, well, the, the technology uh, has improved a the, lot. I agree. Since the, 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 the nightmare scene for buzz or Woody. I mean, yeah, Woody. Woody. Oh, that, I love that. So song. good. Be like, be like, oh, I don't want to play. I forgot you were broken. Yeah. I don't want to play with you anymore. Drop. <sighs> Toy drop. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I I understand they don't want to spend so much time on the human figures. Right, because they're... But you've got one big one in this film. I agree. Which you've got to be believable on, and it's he's actually a set piece that yes. characters walk around on top of. I agree. The the one, the one I want to bring up, because I remember the scene he's very... not as bad as Sid was in the first film. Oh, I'll my gosh, that. no. But the... Uh, Andy's mother, when she walks in, it's like she's half be like, yeah, she's been fully rendered, but it's like she's like bathed in like a like her her um her details are not like fully you know like they haven't really gone through and finished uh, detailing her. Yeah, she's her not like out. fully detailed. I'll be like, I noticed that and I was like, huh, that's a little nitpick. So yeah, nitpick. Fair enough. My second dislike. just gone right over my head okay my, yeah my my second dislike for this mm -hmm. is even with all the little reworkings they did to kind of up the the story from what its original intention mm -hmm. was it still feels a little bit like a made-for-TV, uh, straight-to-DVD sequel, Disney sequel. Okay, fair it enough. It still has that feel to it. Granted, it's better than every Disney straight-to-DVD sequel that came out. Because mm -hmm. it actually went to theaters. And that's you can't say that about all of them. Because there was like three or four that actually went to theaters. Mm -hmm. But this one was like... You could tell it had not... Well, even if... Uh, Lasseter and the others signed off on this, which I, I assume they would have had to even under the old deal. This really does feel like this does not feel like a standard Pixar plot. Okay, fair. The plot is there. It's not a bad plot, but it's, it feels like someone who saw the first film mm -hmm. came up with a quick story that they could get approved and then write, wrote stuff around it and then Pixar got it back and then didn't have time to really rework it the way Pixar would normally write Fair. a sequel uh, or write any of their films. They did what they could to get it going, but it, it is missing some of that Pixar magic that I'll admit is even still in the stuff that's not done as so well recently. Okay. Has. It feels a little bit rushed. Okay. Fair enough. That might be the best way I know how to put it. Uh, there's still some funny bits. Uh, there's the Star Wars references are funny. Don't get me wrong, uh, including even the use of obvious Star Wars sound effects mm -hmm. throughout the film. But at the same time, I'm sitting there going, "Oh, this feels a bit of like a rush job. Like this was not the original intention. That the per mm. person who maybe wrote this is not working on this film anymore, mm. and it's." tried to work into different things and there's just way too many callbacks to the mm -hmm. first film 
So yeah, that's that's I guess that's really my problem is this feels like it's a straight to home video sequel for Disney. And I kind of wish it had been if circumstances had been different because this was the first yeah movie that Pixar made under ownership of Disney. Yeah. I wish the standard Pixar method could have been used on this from the beginning so that it would have more of a more of a good Pixar feel. Fair. So yeah, what's your second dislike? My second dislike uh to be frank, I don't have one. Well then I do have a third. Okay. So far this away, is Jim. not the original film's fault. We've already talked on this, to be honest. <laughs> okay. And the more I think about it, I don't, if I remember correctly, these bloopers, because this is in the bloopers. Yes. Okay. These were not in the original theatrical run of the film. Mm. I believe that came later because Monsters Incorporated, it, or it, when it originally released, it didn't have the bloopers or the play uh, in it, in its credits either. Yeah, they're added They later. were both like, because I think Toy Story 2 did get a, didn't it get another re-release in theaters for a short time? Toy Story... Toy Story 2? Yeah. I think it got a re-release in theaters for a short time around this time. Mm. Uh, and that's when they added the bloopers back in, because I remember that being a selling point on TV at the time. And all the bloopers in the film are funny. Yeah. Including the one that they cut for the 2019 yeah. uh, release. Disney Plus release yeah. and Blu-ray release where they cut the one scene. Granted, the bloopers at least are in the film this time, unlike yeah. with Monsters Incorporated on Disney right. Plus, where they took all the bloopers out, including mm -hmm. the musical. Because those are worth it, trust me, Yeah, for that film. But in this film, they at least left the bloopers in, but they cut... Yeah. That one. And granted, you can't tell where it was cut. I can't tell you where that, where, where exactly in the order of scenes shown, yeah. where that one was. Yeah. But you can tell. But I know, but I know it's, it's missing that one scene. Mm -hmm. And I do not like the idea of Disney or anybody else going back and whitewashing their previous work, whitewashing what they feel as sins and what they are uh, now ashamed of. Yeah. I'm not saying the scene was good. It's a funny scene, but I under and I understand why it's problematic and I understand why Disney would not want it in the film anymore. Yeah, agreed. I don't think they should have removed it. I, I agree with you. Any more than I think they should have removed the blackface in Fantasia. I understand why they removed it. Yeah. Do not get me wrong. And I understand how this would be problematic for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And this is maybe just a little thing on me. Yeah. I think it should be seen as the, as the original creators originally intended it to be seen. Hmm. Warts and all. Agreed. You can disagree with me. That's fine. It doesn't really matter in the first place anyway. Right. Because this is just an opinion of mine when it comes to art in general. But right. people going back and touching up stuff that they have no right to go back and touch up, I have an issue with. Now, granted, 
I touch up your art every week. Yes, you do. But you a, don't alter I it. have permission. Yes, you do. B, it is to make it work for our stuff. And C, it's the kind of stuff I would do for anybody mm -hmm. I was doing. I, I was digitizing artwork for in doing color correction and making sure, and in our case, making sure it works with the album art. Mm -hmm. and, and like I said, I have your permission. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I don't ask you, you know, for express, is this okay beforehand is because we have a working relationship. If you, right. I do something, if you see something and you want me to change it, you know, you can come to me, ask me to make the, make, make whatever fix you want mm -hmm. and I'll re-upload it and I will not care. Yeah. I will not take offense. Yeah. So, but I don't, but at some point the film is done. George, Steven, mm -hmm. that's beside the point. Well, I would, I would say when you, you touched on Steven Spielberg, when, well, he, when he did it to ET, he did it. He did do it to ET. I did re recently read an article where he felt like be like he did a disservice to his own film because they're gonna. If you yeah, don't, he has since come back and said that. Yeah, he kind of George is completely no apologetic about no, the, his changes. The, the the man who literally like every iteration of the film, he would go back and tweak a little bit. Now I understand as an artist, be like you yeah. you did something mm -hmm. in the past. It's like I want to go back and redo that, make it better. Right, but there comes a point where the work is the work, and that sh and it should stand on its own. And the artist—that's because that's the thing about yeah. art. I don't think a lot of people understand this about art. Yeah, art is never done; it's agreed. turned in. Yeah, oh, agree, agree. <laughs> once it's turned in, you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. But the artist is still going there, looking at it, going, "I need to make this little tweak right here." It won't take yeah, much time. Exactly. Let me make this tweak. Yeah, it happens the, to all of us. Yeah, because that, that artist side be like, you always see the flaws and everything. There is a reason I never go back and listen to a cell cast once it's posted. <laughs> yeah. Because I do, I do not want to go back and go, oh, I can make this little change. I can make this little change. It's like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Because yeah, then you'll spend he another eight hours editing. And that's the thing, even with, because uh, I hadn't talked about it in the recorded part of the show yet, but with the Lower Decks releases I'm doing, mm -hmm. I'm not listening to the show. Because I know the edits are as good as they're going to be. I'm literally just going in there, cutting right before the the, the, mm -hmm. the TAS intro, yeah. and then sticking my little intro on the front of it. I am not listening to the show because I don't want to mess that up. Fair. What, what, it, what it is, is what it is. Disney, mm -hmm. let it, let it, let what it, let what it, let, let let what it is be what it is. Yeah. And I will say more once we get to a certain film next year. Because mm -hmm. I'm definitely making sure it goes on the list next year. Yes. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. wink. Nudge, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Just wait for that one. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, like, we might get some flack for it, or we might get a lot of... I, I feel <laughs> as a animation podcast it is our duty to review the film oh agreed even agreed. though let's let's just say it's gonna be controversial oh yeah very controversial release on disney's part so yeah anyway we'll yeah come to, we'll get there when that we was get there. my third dislike you haven't did you come up with no, any dislike no i didn't because i think because i know this is you said this was one of your, your favorite of the three it is it is which i get it's just fine yeah i disagree but it's fair okay I say of the three, like the fourth film doesn't exist. Neither one of us are Roy. <laughs> Ignoring the existence of a fourth film. Really? And a fifth film. And I don't mean Toy Story. Oh, Indiana Jones? <laughs> Indiana Jones. <laughs> We're so, coming for you, Roy. <laughs> as always. <laughs>
Anyway, what are you rating this film? Oh my gosh, the I haven't used this rating in a while. I'm gonna give it a nine. I just I oh. I, I love this film to death. It's so well done, story wise, character wise. The the emotional gut punch you get from this movie, from from um, Woody realizing his mortality as as a as a toy, and coming to grips with that to um to Jesse's story and her her struggles and it's just like what the the point where be like she's having to go into the box is like you see that terror in her eyes it's like oh my gosh I mean like because I mean like it, it it rips at you and like the storytelling is amazing in this movie so yeah it's a nine I don't remember what I uh I rated the first film but yeah this is definitely a nine I don't know if it'll go downhill from here, but we'll see. I'm giving it a 7.5. What? <laughs> I don't hate this film. Okay. There again. It's just, like I said, this feels like double dipping in a way. Oh. Is what this, because I mean, like I said, it does feel like it's got, you can tell it has the roots of the Disney straight to DVD sequels that were a Fair. big thing Disney Fair. was doing at the yeah. time. Uh and it has that feel. It's it's better than any of those are, because the Pixar people did work on it and kind of massage the story a bit. Yes. And I'm not saying this has a bad that the roots are bad on this. I'm just saying there's a cheapness feel Fair. to it. Um, and as much as I love it, it's like this is not going to hit me like the first Toy Story or Toy Story three does. Mm -hmm. It's better than Toy Story four. For what that's worth. Right. But, yeah. Uh, 7.5. Gotcha. Which brings us to the end of the review. Yes. Next week, we are going to be reviewing mm -hmm. a movie we've previously reviewed. as yes. It's another Rewind episode. And apparently, since we reviewed this... The movie went out of print here in America. It's out of print and it's expensive now. So it's a good thing that I still have my copy of Summer Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got to watch that this weekend mm -hmm. so a certain somebody can watch it before, exactly. before, the th before we review it. And I can't, I don't think we ever found it streaming anywhere because what I found no. on YouTube, because we talked about it yesterday, yeah. those were just commercials. Yeah. That was not the movie. Oh, jeez. It's like, oh, wow. But yeah, Summer Wars. This is still one of my favorites. Uh, what is this guy's name? Soda? I think so. Yeah, it's still one of my favorite movies of his. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's going to be interesting. So yeah, join us next week for that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go to intermission right quick, play some bumpers. Yes. Join us on the other side, and we will talk about what we've been watching. Yes. The news and some X-Men. Yes. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest checking out Sunning and Brave, where each week hosts Chris Cowan, 
of the Babylon Bee, and Nate Henderson of some boring budgeting job confess their privilege, spotlight stunning social media posts, and fabricate outrage, all while keeping you super woke and enlightened. They will make you laugh. That's right. You have no choice. Check out Stunning and Brave at stunningandbrave.net. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, PaulJPowers.com. And not and this no person because the Southern taking them off To get yet. your name on the show, plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast, plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. So, Jacob, I have a question for you. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Okay. So, I finished um, God's Own Woman Notes this afternoon. And decided that it's like, I was like, wait a minute. Because I'm, I'm keeping up with My Adventure Superman on Max. And I was like, wait a minute. It came out yesterday. So, it should be on Max now. And it's on Max. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Because Superman in this story, he's learning his powers and what mm-hmm. kind of powers he, he has. And I think in this episode, he learns he has super hearing. And it's an interesting story. And then, it, like, all the villains who have, you know, kind of, you know, were in, were been part of the story so far come back. And, like, it's interesting. And it's a part one. And so I got to wait until next Friday to see the next one. Cut like old school. Be like, you yeah. have to wait an entire week. It's not Netflix where it's like, oh, next episode. Let's say, like, nope, you got to wait. Which is very, very, very cool for me. Someone who's an 80s, 90s kid. Because that's what you had to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, cool. I can't wait for this next episode. And my, fr- my, my friend Superman. My Remind me, how long is the wait between these two episodes? Uh, what two episodes? The episode that got that's a two parter. Oh, how long are you having to wait to find the see the second half? Uh, let's see, a week. The a next week. Friday, a whole week. <laughs> you poor, poor child, poor, unfortunate soul. <laughs> Do you realize I'm not gonna get to see the second half of an episode for another year and a half because of the writer's strike? So moving forward, um, that actually, I've already talked about that. So, yes. Uh, Okay. Um, So uh, most last week, be like, I watched uh, there again. I've been watching my adventure with Superman. And I watched the original TMNT on Max because it's on there. Because I think the first four are on there, I believe. Because Warner, yeah. Bro- Warner Brothers owns those movies through uh, New Line. But be like, oh my gosh, I yeah. love the original Turtles film. Original. I watched it in theaters in my hometown with my dad and my two younger brothers. Amazing. You go home, be like, you get done with that. You have a slice of pizza from Mazia's, which that time was still there. Oh, I missed that Mazia's. Oh my gosh. That was so much that fun. That was the best pizza. Agreed. Definitely when you're like, you know, six years old, six. Yeah, I've been six. That had my first arcade in it, too. Yeah. I remember that. I remember playing X Men there. 
I've got a friend who owns a, that original game, and it's like, oh my gosh, dude, that's just that's the, the the bomb. I'm sure many times I heard this while sitting in that arcade. Yes. I had to find an excuse because it's not going to come up in the show today. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, and Echo, uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's really good. Uh, it's on Max, or if you uh, if you have a subscription to uh, Cartoon Network, Cartoon Network Adult Swim, be like, go watch it. It's really good. I enjoy it. I know some people might not enjoy it because they're more purists than anything, but I enjoy the story they're telling, the the younger versions of our characters. I may disagree with a few things, but overall, I enjoy my adventures with Superman. Wait, it's on Cartoon Network? Yes, yes. it's on Cartoon Network. Warner Brothers. It's Warner Brothers. And I think it's it's Adult Swim, I think. That would make the most sense, actually. Yeah, it makes sense. Because they've but, been doing more mature stuff, not necessarily adults. Stuff, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. For more more like like adult audiences yes. you know, over the age of twenty. But uh watch that. I watched uh TMT the original because they're again probably one of my favorite films of all time. Actually it was in theaters close to us a couple of months ago, and a friend of mine, his wife and his, their oldest one saw it in theaters. Nice. Which for me I was highly jealous. It's like, oh my gosh, I love. I'd be like, I love this movie. I've seen it a hundred times probably in my lifetime, but oh my gosh, such a good movie. Bring it on Blu-ray. That's all I'm asking. Bring this movie to Blu-ray. It might have a Blu-ray right now. I don't know, but it's all. Uh, mm -hmm. Watch me mayhem. It's a good. I mean, it's good. It's interesting. Well, the reaction's already out. You can talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, go go listen to our reaction to it. It's good. If you don't want to be spoiled, go watch it. Um, Secret of the Use, which is probably my nostalgia playing with this one, because I love, love. Go Ninja, go Ninja, yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Go ninja, I, I, I find the go. humor better. Be like, granted, I love the dark and gritty of the first film. This one just gives me more nostalgia. I love the film, even though some people... Pan it, it's not this and this and this, and parents ruined it, blah, 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 blah. I agree with that. But at the same time, I just enjoy the film. That's just me. Uh, let's see. And so I've, I've watched those and this and that and another. And then be like, I was I was about to come over here, and I found a, on my Max description, I realized I've never seen this show. I've never seen it. But I've heard people rant and rave about it all the time. Samurai Jack. <laughs> You've not watched Samurai Jack? No, I've never seen it. You've not seen the tale of the foolish samurai warrior wielding a magic sword. Yes. Setting off to fight Splinter from TMNT. Yes. the same actor whose name I can't think of right now. Right. Dude, he is. That show is awesome. I agree. I'm. 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 That, is, that is the reason Gendy Tartakovsky mm -hmm. got to do the Star Wars Clone Wars show mm -hmm. that Star Wars The Clone Wars is based on. Yes. So I'm. I'm. Ha I'm halfway through the second episode. I'm enjoying it. It's. It's like okay, this is interesting. Interesting because for a cartoon back in the what would that have been the nineties. 
or late nineties? Two thousands, two thousand, early two thousands, like that level of storytelling and like depth. And, oh my and gosh! This was not Adult Swim. No, this, these first couple seasons, no. it was on regular Friday night. Cartoon Network, Cartoon yes. Cartoons, as they called them. And they could get away with that amount of oh. violence. Oh, yeah. Because they weren't attacking humans. They were attacking, attacking robots. <laughs> I love and that. And it is a super violent show. Please. I mean, Dragon Ball Z wishes it was this violent. <laughs> That's so true. It is the. It is one of three shows I will accept with the term anime made in America. Yeah. One of the others being Avatar. <laughs> yes, Artsy. I, I will I will eventually get to the newer newer season when I get through there again, ADHD be like, oh, here's something else. And I might forget it for a couple of months. <laughs> Let's just say you're gonna love the art in this. Oh yeah, I love it already. I, I, I love the I can't wait till you meet the Scotsman. The Scotsman? Hmm. Yes, there's an episode where uh he and the Scotsman and, and Jack are are uh, on a boat heading towards some sirens. And, of course, everyone's falling in love with the sirens. And the Scotsman <laughs> is like, so, sounds like somebody's stepping on some cats. <laughs> Three beats later. A lot of cats. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I love this guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So here, here's a very interesting side tangent for a moment. So where I work, be like you, you work with people and you work with mothers who have their very little ones with them. So this this mother comes through and you can hear this kid the entire time. It's a, a little one year old who is screaming their little head off because they got a shot earlier. And where the shot, where the uh, the uh, the point is where the needle went in still hurts. And so anytime someone would touch it, like on her little leg, she would just scream. And what, what I like tell people all the time, if you be like, you you listen to a little little kid scream and you hear a cat, you just meow. Same thing. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounded like, like a very angry little cat. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that was probably the cutest little thing. And mom comes up and little kids crying and we're all just like oh it's okay it's okay and it's just the cutest little thing in the planet so yeah i thought that was just very cute and adorable so yeah little side tangent so yeah that's all i've been uh watching uh, there again listening to podcasts and uh, -huh. uh i listened to one um uh, hold on give me a moment for i can find this podcast give them a proper shout out uh, my girlfriend actually introduced me to this podcast. And oh, true crime then? No, it's not. It's not a true crime podcast. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Let's Talk Purity with uh, Brittany and Richard De La Mora. Hmm. And uh, this to give a little backstory to it, uh, the, the wife was formerly in the pornography industry. And she was in there for like seven, eight years and like she she came to a relationship with Jesus Christ and then met her husband who's also a Christian and they wrote uh, a book I believe it's the no it wasn't the book that me and uh, my girlfriend did a, a uh, devotion over and um, and they they sort of talk about the the uh, the the spirit of Jezebel I like I'd heard that a thousand times you know, over the course of my, my Christian life. 
And I'm like, what in the world is this whole thing? So I read what was in Revelation 2 and parts of 1 Kings and 2 Kings. And one thing I didn't know, because there again, I have read the Chronicles of Narnia. And like, really good. If you've never read Chronicles of Narnia, I I did not realize that C.S. Lewis got a quote from... um, Use because this idea of like way back in the day because they thought using being putting makeup on was uh, like some sign of uh, yeah uh, uh, that biblical character I just mentioned Jezebel Jezebel because apparently at at her death she put on makeup and so at the end of the last battle they're like hey where's the older sister what's her name Susan Susan they the were one like that hey, doesn't get to go to Narnia yeah doesn't get to Narnia because she got into makeup i was like what in the world it's like oh that's where they came from it's like okay now you know but that's the one thing i disagree with in that book is oh, Susan should not have been there been like that but anyway. yeah that was that was a little weird but Nah, it was a culture back then. But um I agree, be justice like I'm for Susan. Justice for Susan. Just yes. saying I disagree with C.S. Lewis on this one. Oh, I agree. I completely agree but with the, him. the last battle is a slog to get through anyway. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> Yeah, so Yes, I, I I I listened to a little bit of that. Then it got me warned. Even, to... even with Patrick Stewart reading it, it was a slog. Really? Yeah. What's uh, Patrick Stewart? Yeah, Patrick. There, I had uh, b- before I found Audible. Yeah. I the first time I went through Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. you know, listening to it while I'm driving because it was easier to do it that way. In fact, sure. this was back when I was delivering pizza. Oh, really? So, Ten years or two thousand five? Yeah, agreed. The one I had, the CDs I had, it mm-hmm. was like every it had every single book, mm-hmm. like all seven books, and each one was uh, uh, act. The narrator was a different person. Yeah, and the one for the last battle was Patrick Stewart. Interesting. But yeah, it's just like I I I, I listened to that. I didn't really listen to the whole episode because I got to work. And then the entire day, I'm just reading scripture, trying to figure out who this Jezebel is. So, yeah. You didn't know who Jezebel was? I, I, I knew I heard of Jezebel. I had heard of Jezebel. And be like, I knew I knew she was a wicked queen. The most I, wicked woman in the Bible. The reason why Jezebel is not used as a name for girls anymore, even though it used to be considered a beautiful name. Yeah, agreed. The actual name for the full name for Jesse from Team Rocket, because her name was Jezebel. Really? <laughs> yes, because I didn't know that. Because when they were naming the characters, they were thinking this is a villainous character. We should give her a villainous name that still plays with the Jesse James. Yeah, you know that little shtick. So they named her Jezebel. <laughs> okay, okay, that'll work. I didn't know that because they're gonna be like, I'd be like, I had heard of Jezebel in the, in scripture. It'd be like, I didn't know there were two Je- Jezebels, or maybe it was more like, just like, this woman is, you know, being a Jezebel type character. It became but a descriptive term for... It did. It did. Wicked women. Yeah. Yes. But it'd be like, I started reading, it's like, okay, I understand it now. And it's like, so that led me down the path of so reading a lot of scripture to figure out who Jezebel was. And I'm still reading. So, yeah. 
It's a it's a it's a uh, scripture and I uh, I walk with Jesus is always a it's a constant thing. It's not one and done. It's like yeah. Kind of reminds me of the Lilith whole thing. It's like well yeah, that we won't get into Lilith because that may or may not that's not actually in the Bible. Yeah, it's more it's uh, more a Hebrew a mysticism mythology. Yeah, it's more mythology. They just got flushed it out. But yeah, that's that's where Lilith comes from. It's like yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting where the like the uh, the the Hebrew scholars back then the the scribes yeah. But we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting off into tangents again. Yes, we need like, to get back to the show. Yes, yeah, so yes, that is all I've been watching and listening to. Because I say that, going, what have I been watching? <laughs> You've had plenty of time. I know I've had plenty of time. Uh, no, I have been going back through and watching Star Trek Lower Decks. Of course. Because season four is coming. Uh-huh. And this is kind of a tradition for me to kind of go through the whole series up to this point before the new season comes out. But unlike other times before... I have a due date that is a lot sooner than when episode four, season uh, four actually I starts. Because I need to get all of it watched before, or at least all but four episodes of season three watched before next Friday. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Even though uh, y'all won't hear it for two weeks. Yeah. But more on that later. Yeah, because that's going to make, what is it, next week? Next week. We have to do Summer Wars. Mm-hmm. And then we review X-Men. It is our X-Men review, but this is the week it lined up with. Oh, that's right. The Spider-Man crossover. So actually, we're going to be reviewing two episodes of Spider-Man this week. That's right. And then we're going to do. We're going going to end the the broadcast there Mm. for y'all. And then we're going to start up another room. And we're going to record. Our thoughts on the Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover as separate TAS segments. Because I have been editing seasons two and three's uh, TAS segments since they were not separate from the rest of the show into individual episodes. So y'all can go and download. Keep an Mm -hmm. eye out for those. The first two are already out as of this recording. Uh, More will be coming out. And the way I have it figured out between every, between all the movie reviews, Mm -hmm. the one reaction, and all of these things, if you start from Tuesday with a when we finally released Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. and take that all the way up to Labor Day, there will be one uh, one piece of Cellcast media released every day. <laughs> nice. Oh fact, my Princess gosh! Princess and the Frog is coming out tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. Wow. Just saying. Wow. Well, it's. I mentioned this earlier. I think. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about art uh, in the in the review, this actually does not take me much time to edit these things because okay. I am literally, like I said, going to the beginning of the of where the TAS intro starts. Mm-hmm. Okay, Neko, that one didn't work. Uh, <laughs> Interesting, Neko. Uh, but going to where the TAS intro starts, yeah, making a cut there, recording a little bit of an intro mm-hmm. to explain what's going on, and then. Maybe make a few little things to account for the fact of change of process over the years. Yeah. And then that's what gets released. Okay. Literally takes me no time at all. Uh, But 
That yeah. being said, I have been watching those because yeah, I, I kind of want to rewatch them again. Okay, fair. Anyway, I just got to the koala episode, the first one with the koala. Uh, remind me who that is again. Briefly. <laughs> Briefly, mind you. <laughs> Do you remember the episode where um, Tendi gets to go to this guy's ascending and she messes it up? Oh! And the guy wasn't really going to ascend. That's right. And in the rest of the episode, you know, it's all about them trying to get this... Uh, well, the A story is is a Mariner's mom... Uh, we can't think of her actual name. Uh, decides if they're going to get she, the way to get her to transfer off the ship, because that's what she wants Mariner to do, mm-hmm. is to make it something where she hates. So she promotes her to lieutenant. That's and right. It's the worst thing that's ever happened. And of course, they're also in the process of towing this found derelict ship uh, okay. that has this weird goop in it that causes inorganic things to automatically terraform when it's exposed to stuff. Mm-hmm. And that goes bonkers by the end of the episode. Anyway, at the end of all that, the the guy who she messed up the ascending, he wasn't going to ascend anyway. He was just trying to stand out. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: this was voiced by uh, Sora from Kingdom Hearts. That's I can't right. think of that guy's name. Mm-hmm. I feel horrible now. J- Haley Joel Osment. It's voiced by Haley Joel Osment. Oh yeah. And right. now that I know that's Haley Joel Osment, I can hear it. I hear the <laughs> Sora in that voice. But I remember at, that at episode. The end of that. He actually does ascend. Yeah. He gets turned into a ball of energy. And he, his last words before fully ascending was, time has no meaning. The, er, the universe rests on the back of a koala. Why is he smiling? What does he know? And then he blinks out of existence. Yeah, I remember that. I clearly and remember that. the fun that. thing is the koala keeps showing back up in the show. He shows up uh, one other time where someone mentions, or oh, it's the one where Boimler nearly dies. Okay. And uh, he says, why do I remember seeing a koala? And then during uh, Paradoxus, Crisis Point 2, okay. that, the, the second one where they were making fun of the movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the holodeck projections in that is selling like pamphlets for the space koala or something like that. And apparently, I have yet to see this because I hadn't got back to season three. You know yeah. how it, it um, by that point, every episode started with like the Cerritos flying in the shape yep. of the air, the Starfleet yeah. Airhead. Apparently, in the clouds, <laughs> you can see the outline of the koala. <laughs> and I'm telling you all this now so that you are paying attention when you're watching the, the crossover episodes. <laughs> Because there's some background stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, like when I say this is an episode of Lower Decks that just happens to be filmed as part of Strange New Worlds, I am not joking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just want okay. to say this one little thing before we continue. One of my favorite lines that we'll talk about is when um, number one, Una Chen Riley, you don't mm-hmm. know her yet, but basically number one says, have you noticed that all of their references are very specific? All their examples are very specific. Yeah. <laughs> Be- anyway. Yeah, and then we're, then we'll, uh, get, we'll get there when we get there. That's yeah. gonna be a fun episode. Yeah, and also and it's also gonna be a very late night for us. Yes, <laughs> and also we're also doing something also Star Trek with another podcast this week. This week <laughs> I get to watch that tomorrow when we get back from the museum. Oh yeah, that's gonna be fun. So yeah, yeah. 
that's pretty much what I've been watching. Okay, cool. And had a chance to watch anything else. Uh, so, Jacob, what do we have in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dlit, and going into the news, uh, we just keep hearing about a boy in, boy in the heron all the time, which is the American... Uh, the Wind Rises. The Wind Rises. I believe is the name of that. Yeah, to Haya Miyazaki's farewell movie, his in fifth, air quotes, his fifth final film. You can't keep a good artist down. Apparently. So this is his final film, and then he'll want to do another film. Just saying, like I, I've I've read articles where a um, a manga artist literally was begging his nurse not to take his pencil away before he died. <laughs> so yeah, artists is never finished. They never finish anything. How do you live? I, Wind Rises is a different movie. Oh, it's How Do You Live? How do you live? Okay, How Do You Live? Or the American translation? Or that's the okay. Here's where the confusion lies. Ah. And that's, I'm on the Wikipedia page. It lists it as the boy and the heron. Mm-hmm. It lists the Japanese name and the Japanese characters. Of course, I can't read those. And then it gives you the it in English, which is Kimatachi wa do ikiru ka. Okay. I pray I did not just say something <laughs> horrible right there. But literally, that literally is supposed to translate to how do you live? So I'm thinking how do you live is the Japanese name. And our name is going to be the boy and the heron. So it's so it's a story about us. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been, I I that thing about Herod has come up every time. I was like, oh, can I actually comment on the fact that that's your last name? Yes, <laughs> it's my last name. It's Herod. <laughs> oh my gosh! So sorry. Yeah, this movie came out in Japan in uh, July 14, I believe. And uh, apparently, uh, Studio Ghibli is apparently doing a non-marketing policy thing. Uh, I don't know when this is going to be translated, but it's currently in Japanese theaters. It's apparently doing very well because it's a Hayao Miyazaki film, and it's a Ghibli film. These films always do banger in the theaters. I'm reading real quick. Hang on. Hmm. It's reading. It's what's for dinner. Uh, come on, give me a the, the day. Oh, believe believe me, I I have met book okay. nerds where it's be like, oh, what I had for dinner? I had a cup of coffee and my book. It's okay. So paper, I, I don't paper know. tastes really well for dinner. I have no idea why this was where the link came from. Okay, why this is what Google gave me, but I'm getting this from. I'm not kidding here. The Hindustan Times. It is apparently a Hindu newspaper. Okay. But that's what my, the, I, I okay. where the link is. I'm okay. getting it. The U.S. premiere is going to be at the New York Film Festival. And uh, it's going to be on September 29th to October 15th. Okay. So, yeah, very soon. Okay. Very cool. So, it would be like the movies Weird. based after a Leanne Rimes movie I, I song? Okay. I could have also got this from uh, Cartoon Brew. Or a... Uh, Trisha Yearwood song. 
How do I live? How do you live? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> How do I live? Anyways. How do I live without you? Anyways. I want to know. <laughs> Continue. Yes. So, yeah, apparently the movie's doing very well. And apparently uh, Studio Ghibli is d- using a, a non-marketing po- policy for... Be like, why are you not promoting like one of your one of the best directors ever to come out of that studio? The guy who created the studio, by the way, you're not promoting it at all. And the movie's still doing incredibly well in the theaters, Japanese market, because they don't have to spend the money on marketing. That's true. It's just going to promote itself. Yeah, apparently. But yeah, that's all I could find in the news. Unless you, unless. I already gave you what I could help with. Yeah. Unless someone else in the chat can bring up something else. Nope. Okay, let's go into X-Men. Yeah, let's go X-Men. Previously on X-Men. Say what? Superhero, the Marvel superheroes have His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. in the animated series season four first episode we are reviewing proteus parts one and part two mm-hmm. originally aired on september 30th 1995 and october 7th 1995 respectively mm-hmm. directed by larry houston and fred miller and written by bruce reed schaefer and luann wood respectively mm-hmm in these episodes, Moira McTaggart is trying to help her son, but when he escapes from Muir Island, she calls the X-Men for help. Angered by his father's reaction, Proteus creates havoc, but Professor X later calms him down, and he stops the rampage. Mm. Uh, guest cast for this episode, we got Lally Cadeau as Moira McTaggart, mm-hmm. Stuart Stone as Proteus, a.k.a. Kevin McTaggart, and Philip Williams as Banshee, a.k.a. Sean Cassidy. Hmm. Trivia for these episodes. This is the debut course of Proteus, a.k.a. Kevin McTaggart. We have a cameo by TechNet, a group of bounty hunters, namely Bodybag, Thug, Pharaoh Squared, Waxworks, Gatecrusher, and Ring Toss. I think Marvel was starting to run out of names when they named these characters. I think so. <laughs> 
Morph appears in a cameo role connected to he some does. diagnostic equipment in the establishing shots of the Muir Island facility. He does not participate in the story, nor does he interact with any of his fellow X-Men. Thankfully. But technically, by this point, he should be fine. Yeah, he should be. He was fine at one episode, so... Anyway, Amelia Voigt appears as the nurse during the montage of Professor Xavier's memories. She also appears as one of Magneto's acolytes in Sanctuary Parts 1 and 2. True. Lastly, the book Beast is Reading, which is the same one Joe's new wife drops earlier, yes. is Making of a President 1968. The cover of it was blurred out in the original USA broadcast for some reason. This is literally how it's in the trivia. That. That's the thing. I was watching this and going, okay, Disney Plus decided to blur something out they didn't like. This mm -hmm. is not the first time that's happened. True. I was like, no, Fox Kids did this years ago, and no one knows why. That is so peculiar. So, yeah. That's what I got. What are your thoughts on this episode? Uh, These episodes. episodes. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's... The, the, the parts I really enjoy because they, they try to keep you in suspense, but you know exactly what's going on. Like, he's my son. It's like, no, duh, lady. We can figure that out in two minutes. <laughs> the real question is, why couldn't Xavier? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're telepathic. You should be able to read her mind. Can you not, read, didn't... Can you not read her mind? Yes, it's Professor Charles. Uh, uh, I guess he was just more be like, oh my gosh, I love this woman so much. I'm not going to read her mind. Read Which, her mind. We already know. It's like, and plus be like Xavier throughout the entire series. It's not shy about be like, oh, be like, oh, I, I don't want to probe people's minds. And then he probes them anyway. He's not shy about reading Kevin's mind. No. And Kevin doesn't know. Yet he knows who his father is. Yeah, because this, this whole... Um, I mean, drawn out, you know, sub uh, like yeah, plot to be like, oh my gosh, be like, oh, yeah, he knows who like, his father is. He knows who his father Xavier is. Xavier apparently doesn't bother to get this name while he's in his mind. Yeah, otherwise he could have made stupid. the connections. Yeah, because they they wanted to draw the story out into a two parter, and it was just like. What? I'd be like, I understand you want to make longer, you know, longer episodes. I get that. It's cheaper. The, it's cheaper. I get it. But it just, I mean, like, it's just like, really? We could have done this like this. This could have been a very fast episode. Yeah, fact, I mean, like, it's it's a uh, good X episode. X-Men the audio drama did this in one episode. Really? Yeah. So Early on. Hmm. So, the, I mean, like, I, mean, like I, I find the, be like, okay, the, be like, oh, she, be like, he's my son. <laughs> You know, kind of plot thing. It's like, really, we knew this already. the The point that got me was where Proteus distorts everything around Wolverine, and it messes him up. <laughs> oh yeah, so then we get fearful Wolverine. Yeah. It's like <laughs> this. Okay, I, I recognize that this is not something you normally do with Wolverine. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea that you're pushing. You're giving this character mm -hmm. weakness that he's Agreed. not good when. You know, this much of his mind is messed with at one mm -hmm. time. At the same time, it's Wolverine. Don't do this to the man. He's got enough garbage to work with anyway. Exactly. Do you not know about his backstory? Which they've already flushed out already? <laughs> well, they haven't in this show yet. I thought they had already. They, they, they started it. Yeah, they started with the Weapon X and the back, whole thing. Way, way, way back in season one. But the stuff where they're supposed to really get into it is, is yeah. not for another couple episodes. Yeah, so... I think. Oh, okay. So I know there's a lot of Weapon X stuff coming. Yeah. 
which is good. But then we're getting into season five, which is not so good. We're but almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done. We're getting there, people. We're getting there. So, uh, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, it was a little more like anticlimactic. It's like, oh, we know what's going on already. And it'd be like the story is drawn out to make it a two-parter. Mm-hmm. And uh, this could have been very easily in a very condensed story done very well. And be like, we, we, we know this, we know this, we know why the villain's doing this. And there again, be like, Professor Charles Xavier, who has said in previous episodes, be like, oh, I don't be like, oh, I want to be like, I don't want to, you know, intrude on people's thoughts. I don't want to project myself into something without their will, without their permission. Uh, you do it all the time, bro. Yeah. All the freaking time. You have no qualms about breaking into someone's mind to find information. All the freaking time. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's the greatest man ever. It's like, yeah, he has no thought of privacy unless it's a woman he loves and doesn't want to probe her mind, which would have made the whole plot easier. I wish they could have just said that he, for some reason, can't read her mind because of some weird. Maybe that's actually her mutation that she can block. She's not a mutant, though. I know, but maybe I could have just said, oh, she's a mutant and this is why. And that's why. That's why uh, what uh, the the other guy didn't know she was a mutant. Oh, yeah. Because her mutation doesn't is only really right, right, right. against other mutants. Oh, here, maybe usually. they could have done that. But it's like, no, it's like, no, she's just Xavier's not going into her brain. It's like, but you screwed with Jean Grey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, Poor Jean. you already did far worse than just reading somebody's mind to find out that you're chasing after her son. Come on. Come on, Charles. But uh the the story's good. Be like there again we get more more of, yeah. like a we get more of a fleshed out story of Charles and but like him and uh Mora were actually engaged and then she drops him she drops him like a bad habit for another dude who is a, a piece of crap. Well, uh the way it's shown in yeah. here, I actually appreciate it because the divorce paper when the divorce papers are being signed it's you know they are you already it's between her and the other guy yeah but so it's obviously a baby and it's obviously his which made me think for whatever reason uh how quickly did this baby come out how quickly did the uh divorce happen if this kid is that young and she does not appear to have aged at all uh, of course, that's just character models, right? Right. Probably, right. right. So it made me think, like, would this be close? I, literally, my first thought was not, "Oh, they're breaking up because the kid is a mutant." Because I was already thinking, "How would you know?" Yeah, that young of age. At the because that's not how the mutation thing works. There's yeah, very few mutants who have any sort of mutation that's visible at birth. They usually yeah. don't hit till the weapon act till the uh, X gene activates, like. When they're in puberty, yeah. Also, so how would he? Which made me really think: Is this actually Charles's kid? I wouldn't be surprised. And this is the only way they could. This is as close as they could get without saying it because of censors, right? I mean, you saw how close we got to. But they they said the magic the magic Saban word for death, destroyed. Yeah, and he's like they're going to destroy him. 
That's the magic word. <laughs> you mean kill. <laughs> You're going to kill the boy. Yes. But uh, I, I, I enjoy that we get a little more of Charles' backstory. Uh, minus we still don't understand how he lost the ability to walk. I, I, I've, known, I've known in the comics for some reason right. his, his mutant the, the gene show has not agreed. explained that. Yes. But every time there's been an excuse to have him walk, they have... That makes sense by the logic of the comics. They've used it, right? Like the walk through uh, season two's walk through the uh, Savage Land. Savage Land. He could walk because his mutant power Powers was suppressed, suppressed. Which, because the way it's supposed to work is that he's got this weird because his, his mental abilities are so good that he his actual he has has a mental issue that is blocking his ability to walk and his mental powers are actually mm. physically keeping him from walking. walking. Okay. Okay. But the show has never actually gone into what yeah, this exactly. is. Exactly. But they'll still, they still had him like walk like randomly when his powers were, were held back and going. How does that work? How? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I enjoy the Charles, which who's a up like an upper crust kind of person, like is in the military. It's like okay. Most of the time, that didn't be like if they were like the the upper echelon society. Most of the time, be like you think the Kennedys be like they go in as an admiral or something like that, and they get yeah. a little boat thing. Like it's still John F. Kennedy. It still confuses me when uh, he goes when, when Xavier goes out into the field and he when he gets into his X Men uniform, mm -hmm. like when everyone else is in their X Men uniform. So he goes from being in the nice proper schoolmaster suit mm -hmm. to wearing army fatigues. Yeah. It's like, why is that your super suit? Why can't you have something cooler? In fact, just go around in your normal suit. That is your X-Men super suit. <laughs> well, I'm not hiding who you are. You're not like Wolverine where, oh, we really get the thing about it. The super suits with the exception of Cyclops's visor literally make no sense as to why they use them. And they everyone them. knows who they are. No yeah, one's exactly. hiding a secret identity. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, but um, I, I, I enjoy the part where Wolverine be like, he gets freaked out about it. He yeah. be like, he, he has a, like a, that whole yeah. uh, visual sequence where his claws start turning back on themselves and, Grow eyes and stuff. Yeah, like that. That was so good. That is disturbing, but so fun to watch. It's like this is probably the last major thing that sh that major major fun thing they got to do for the show before it got shipped off to the cheaper animation probably, studio. Probably, but overall, be like I enjoy the episode. I enjoy how they kind of they work with Wolverine, and he has to he has to get, you know, like he has to confront his fears and. Like at the very end when he's talking with Rogue, which for some reason they're always putting Rogue and Wolverine together as they're talking about stuff, mm -hmm. which I find interesting because you have two characters who, one character who was abandoned by family because she's a mutant, and then you have Wolverine who's been living for a hundred, hundred or so years. Yeah, they still haven't shown the flashback to Captain America. No, they haven't. But we've seen Cap before. Yeah, for a hot second. For a hot second. But, um, I enjoy the I enjoy this ep these episodes for what it is. Uh, I believe the plot is a little drawn out, you know. But a bum bum. Yeah, but they they literally I think are trying to 
produce as many episodes exactly. as they can with as few stories as possible. Exactly. We are not to where we were in season one or season two, where it's like every episode is cut and dry. They literally saw how well Dark Phoenix and mm-hmm. Phoenix Sagas went and said, yeah. we need to be doing some of that more often because yeah. we didn't have to do as much and we still got 30 minutes out of it. It's cheap and probably a lot cheaper to make too. Oh yeah, and plus they reused a ton of animation, reused the yes. scenes. Because they, so they, they cut so many, they cut the the flashback sequence, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. Yeah, agreed. It's cut through like scenes, whole whole cloth audio and everything from uh, previous episodes. Yeah, and it took me and it took me a couple of times to realize is that the same actress playing Moira as before as earlier in this episode? I'm not sure it is because she's using a slightly different voice. It's the same actress. I've double checked, Mm. but if she is using a different voice Mm. for some reason, interesting. And because they just cut and paste it. Yeah. It's there. But anyway, yeah, this is, this is a good episode. Be like, they do play into like developing characters differently and showing Wolverine does have a weakness or he, he, he does get his, his um uh, his claws uh ruffled yes um but overall i enjoyed it uh i can't wait for next week's because we're doing a cross uh, spider-man crossover spider-man episode. crossover yeah so yeah next week um let me bring it up because mm-hmm. i do actually have this written down yes you probably would like me to text this for you so you can find it quickly yes uh we are going to be reviewing actually um uh spider-man was it 94 the spider-man the 90 spider-man show <laughs> season two episodes four and five oh, okay the episodes are called mutant agenda and mutants revenge yeah so even if you forget you should be able to find it pretty quick yeah be the only one with wolvie and probably in this in the screenshot yeah. but yeah that's what we're reviewing next week with summer wars yeah so join us for that uh you got anything before we cut out of here uh it's gonna be a long week people for next week oh yeah we are all we are both very busy mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot to watch yeah but anyway join us next time for that in the meantime this has been drew this is jacob and we'll catch you in the next frame you can follow jacob on his facebook at jacob b heron his facebook page jacob's daily art corner where he tries to draw each and every day i try his instagram at jacob b heron his twitter at jacob heron and his letterbox to jacob heron you can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L.
You are a toy. You are a child's plaything. He can at least just probe probe the mind have been done with it already. 